What up, what up, what up? Wake up with your boy, Coach JB, right here on this Thirsty Thursday. We got a great show for you lined up. Appreciate everybody joining me this morning. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. We got LA Chargers' very own Braden Fajoko joining me. Uh, D-Tackle for the Chargers. Had a great season. Uh, he'll be joining me right here, right after this intro. We'll get right into it. Uh, quote of the day, let me get you started. Don't get stuck on the same chapter as you write your story. Let that sink in. Get off the same chapter and start writing the rest of your life. Quit getting uh, quit getting stuck on the same damn chapter. Uh, we're going to get to everything else after Braden. Uh, let me get the intro video out there and uh, make sure you guys pound the like button, subscribe, become a member. Braden's joining us right on the other side of this video. I'll see you on the other side. Appreciate everybody joining me this morning. We're right out the gate. We got a, a banger for you right out the gate. Uh, my main man, my Uso, uh, Braden Fajoko. Braden, what up, man? I appreciate you joining me. Uh, JB. <laughs> for the Trench Dog. I love it. Hey, it's uh, – shit, what time is it? You're out, you're out in the Midwest. It was 8 o'clock? 8 o'clock. Easy. Right right, uh, yeah. right in the morning. Hey, I'm the early bird get the worm type of cat anyway. Shit, I like being up early, man. I'm like, shit, I, really, I can't sit in the bed no more, man. I got I got to get up <laughs> moving, dog. No hey, doubt. Man, you get older, man, you're going to be like, fuck, I got to get up to my ass and get stiff on your ass. I already know. The, the, the later you start waking up, the more the bones start sitting in. They're man, like, hey, just hey, stay just in that bed. Getting hit your whole life, playing football with 30 whatever years I played. I'm like, shit, it's starting to wear on my ass, dog. <laughs> I can imagine being a... 300 plus pound D tackle. I'm like, shit, O tackle. No way. I'm like, man. Well, I, I read one of my players yesterday, man. Uh, Maka, he plays at uh, UTSA. He played for me at Indy and Juco. Uh, okay. Brought him straight from the island, man. And he uh, he got a good family, but he's at UTSA. He's in the NFL PA game um, this weekend. Out, out oh, the heck yeah. Out of yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Man, your boy, uh, your boy said to tell you hello. Um, God dang it. He played for the Bengals for the last like twelve years. He just retired last year. Uso, uh, Demontepeco, huh? Demontepeco, yeah. Good dude. He's that's a that's an OG. He an NFLPA game on Jeff Fisher's coaching staff. Oh no way! Okay, yeah, that's yeah, what's yeah. Up. So He said he got tired. He got bored. He's like, man, I, I need some competitiveness, man. So he got out there last night. He was out there yesterday. We were chopping it up. He came over to just introduce himself and like took a picture and shit. He, he was a good dude, man. So we were just talking and, uh, about George, you know, the Aiga Foundation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, George Malou. So we were, Malou, yep. we were chopping it up with him and stuff. So it was, uh, it was cool, man. NFLPA got a couple of players out there. We were watching uh, Eddie George, my buddy, man. He had me come out there and speak. He's the head coach for one team. Jeff Fisher's the head coach for the other team. Hey, that's a pretty good lineup now. Eddie George, man, that's a legend. <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. So, you know, that's my boy, man. So we're going to go smoke some – we're going to – we smoke some sticks. And uh, he – uh. So now today I'm headed out to Vegas, man, to go speak at the uh, East-West Shrine game, All-Star game. Oh, you driving out there? Yeah, I'm going to drive out there with the head coach from uh, the Edmonton uh, CFL team. Okay. Oh, yeah. How do you know uh, How do you know Eddie? 
Uh, I've known Eddie a while, man. So Eddie, I was coaching Eddie's son um, when he was a youngster. I was coaching him, like training him a little bit. And then uh, me and Eddie became close, man, probably about six years ago uh, after the show, actually. And uh, through my boy, Marcellus Wiley, you know, former. Marcellus Char- Wiley. Yeah, so Marcellus been on the show a few times. Yeah, me and Marcellus grew up together. So Marcellus and Eddie are real Damn. tight. And then uh, we used to go to same functions here after that show aired, man, when I. When I became some fucking type of celebrity, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, shit, I'm like, man. Man, your boy Trey, Trey Roundtree, he's been out to the house, man. He came out here with his loud-ass fucking car, woke up all the neighbors and shit. You know, he he revved that thing in the parking lot. Every He, he letting everybody know he got that car. I already know. That motherfucker, boy, that shit was chunky. I'm like, God damn, is that is a fire truck or something? Like, yeah, he gonna let everybody know he got that car now. That ain't- yeah, I'm like, he, he put some dollars in that. Oh, yeah. You know, that's where half of that signing bonus went to. <laughs> hey, you got a couple carries late in the season, though. You got put on, so that he was did. good. He did. He did. See. Indeed, it was good. Hey, what's up with your boy? What's up with your – I got to ask you, Oos, how the hell is LSU overpaying Cat a million dollars? Well, bro, I see, here's the thing is, like, when he first signed that 10-year deal last year, in that sense, you're like, okay, 10-year, 90-some mil spread out. You're looking at nine mil a year, and then – I don't know, man. I don't know how you come out a year later. Uh, I think it was probably that AM loss. You know, you start losing. They, <laughs> they, they start looking for things, and then they're going to, you know, for sure it was that AM loss in the season. Everything was good after we beat Bama, you know, Auburn, Ole Miss, Florida, you know, possibly a New Year's Six in his first year coaching. So, Hell yeah. you know, them people in the South don't play with their with their losses, man. Hell no. Nah. Let me ask you this. The four, the, uh, I see you're tweeting. I see you tweeting during that playoffs run, and mm. I'm like, and, and, and you only tweet real shit just like I tweet. So I'm mm. like, that's why mm. we get along. I'm like, look, I agree with you. Like, if Bama got in, it has has, has that seasonal feeling that they are asking mm. to won it again. Yeah. Um, do you think the best four teams were in the playoffs? And how the hell are they going to fix it before this 12-team playoff thing starts in a few years? You know, JB, you know how I feel about it. I'm, I'm, very, I'm very emotional about it because, um, number one, there's a huge drop off in college football competitiveness between the top schools and everybody else. Hell yeah. I'm not just saying this because I went to LSU, but you know, Georgia and Alabama right now are light years ahead of everybody. And you could possibly throw Ohio state in there on a year to year basis versus everybody else. You know, there's, there's teams along the college football realm that are going to have really good years. You're looking at like TCU, what they had this year. Um, and, and years to come, you know, Cincinnati the year prior. But when I look at college football, I want to be able to watch good competition. I don't want to watch a first round 52 to zero blowout, right. you know, in Cincinnati or, or at large, like, you know, UCF or something. I want to watch competitiveness. People don't want to pay for that. Um, and so I truly believe Alabama was one of the best four teams this year, but you know, half of America is, Oh, but, TCU is deserving, you know, and, and that's the product you get in the national championship. Hell yeah. That's the that's man, I, I got this new shirt I, I made. It says mediocrity is the new excellence. Yeah. I'm telling you, like cats are like, we are caught up with this. Uh like let me ask you this. The coach of the year things came out. The coach of the year candidacy came out for the NFL. I so, saw that. And Nick Seriani, Kyle Shannon, Brian Dable, Sean McDermott. And Everyone's pissed that MCDC in Detroit was left off and, I, and and some other ones. And I'm like, well, look, mm. Mm. like, well, look, 
to me, Tomlin deserves to be in the mix if we're going to talk about it. But I, but I'm like, dog, when did we stop rewarding cats that are winners? Like mm. we like the guys that are just, oh, MCDC's done a great job. Well, well, Caldwell was nine and seven and got fired. I saw that. And I saw I'm your like, post. This cat's nine and eight and didn't get in the playoffs, and everyone thinks he's done the greatest job ever. I'm like, look, he might have done a good job. He's got a pretty damn good roster up there defensively. Not so well with mm-hmm. but everything else. I like he does a good job. But I'm like, dude, Sirianni's won two in a row. He's on the verge of going to Super Bowl. Shanahan the same. Andy Reid just does it every single every year. Week. Every year. And and no one and everyone's like, oh fuck it, it's expected. Uh let's Vote give it. It, let's give the job to uh, Peterson. Uh, I'm like, dog. I'm just like, he's he's done a hell of a job, but but yeah. we accepted mediocrity as our as our new excellence now in, in all sports, just sports in general, man. Basketball, fucking football, everything. I think I think in the NBA they they call it voter fatigue, right? You know, they low management. <laughs> you know, low management. It, it's it's crazy um, because you know the way I look at it, right? I, I kind of compare it to my story, right? It, it's I don't want people to uh, reward me because it's a feel good story. I want people to reward me because I've earned it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's the same product with coaching, right? Yeah. It's a feel-good story when you see a team go above 500 for the first time in, in how many years or or you see a turnaround with a new coach in one year and they make the playoffs and all that. It's feel-good stories, right? But like you said, it's voter fatigue. Um, you know, Sirianni's had a great year. Um, uh, Shanahan has, has, you know, schemed up a great year, had two quarterbacks go out on him this year, and now he's on his third quarterback. Pete Carroll, uh, you know, Pete Carroll, Andy Reid, Andy Reid, like you said, has done it every year and he's been doing it since he's even before his Philly days. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I think people kind of get the nuance of like, man, this is such a feel good story. Boom. Let's put him in there. You know, let's go get more views. Let's go get more uh, engagement. And, and and hopefully, you know, we can put these ratings up. But no, I totally agree, man. I totally agree. Let me ask you this. Like, First of all, I want to clear the air between for this your guys' uh, end of the season. People don't understand. I'm like, everyone's like, oh, you got to ask him about the game. I'm like, not really. I said, if you've ever fucking played football, we've taken leads before and we've lost leads before. So just tell everybody, football happened. <laughs> you <laughs> know, happened. people people forget uh, last year. Too. The, people forget last year in the AFC Championship, um, the Chiefs blew an 18-point lead, and – in the in the Super Bowl, a twenty-eight to three lead. Who was the OC in the Super Bowl for the Falcons that year? And so it happens in football. I'd love to sit here and say, "Hey, we're getting ready to play for the AFC Championship," but man, shit happens. You know, that's that's the game of sports, man. You got to compete for all four quarters, and I think that's what makes it special, man. Is because you know we don't get as much opportunities as basketball or baseball and having these these many games a year. So you just these games are more emotional, you know. They they mean more, and um, you know, of course, it's tough, man. I trust me, man. I read everything, I see everything, you know. Everybody's waiting to 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 get in on the train of all. Oh, it's Justin Herbert, this and this, but you know, that is what it is. That's the generation we live in today. That's how it's gonna be, and that's how it's gonna continue to be. Hey, I I, I say all the time, I'm like. I critique all these QBs and shit. I'm like, dog, people don't understand. This is like a, re- a result-oriented business. I said, Justin has not won a playoff game, but that was his first one. First one. I'm like, so he just got there. So when I say he hasn't won a playoff game, everybody's like, well, that's his first one. I go, I know, I understand it. But you have to understand this business, like these quarterbacks will get 
paid the money, just like we know yeah. we're the golden yeah. hero. I haven't played the position and coached it. Like, dog, he's got to win a playoff game just like Joe Burrow needs to win a Super Bowl if we're going to make him the next GOAT. Mm. Like, he's got to win mm. a Super Bowl at the end of the day because right now, Mahomes has one. Burrow's beat him three times. Yeah, we get it. But he's got to win that, you know. That next step. You got to get that bowl. And I think, like, with the quarterbacks remaining in these four, I think you've played pretty much – I think you played all of them this year. Uh, you think Burrow is the best overall, or do you like someone else, like Mahomes, or you guys play them twice a year, which you guys yep. better with the Chiefs, I think, than anyone in the league. People don't understand that. Um, I thought I had picked you guys. I was like, man, they're going to beat the Chiefs in the second round. Oh. Uh, I think you guys would have too, which is which would have been good. Uh, good thing for LA, especially after the Rams uh, had a bad down year after winning the Super Bowl. What? Where's your take on the four remaining QBs? Hurts, Hurts, I think is a is a should be a catalyst for MVP of the league mm-hmm. only because I think if you take him off the Eagles, the Eagles are not where they are. Yep. Uh, and I also and I know for a fact that's the same way in Cincinnati. Uh, I think you could take Burrow, though, to any any of these four teams remaining, and I think that team is scary with Burrow, whoever, yeah. whatever team's remaining. So, uh, and then you got Mahomes, who's you know everyone anoints fucking like that he's already the best ever, and I'm just like, goddamn, pump your brakes. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, out of these four, you got the rookie, uh, Mister Irrelevant, mm. who's out here just swagged out doing his thing, but I think he's surrounded by a hell of a roster and a great roster, putting him in a great position. Hey, Oos, I'm curious. If he gets down, I just – that is what I want to see. I want to see if he can come back from being down because we haven't seen that yet. Well, that's the ultimate test of a quarterback, right, is to see how well you can lead your team. Not when it's high, but when it's low. Um, I think for these four quarterbacks, um, I'll start off with Joe, right? You know, I think what makes Joe special is he knows how to control the game. I think that's what you want out of a quarterback. You want somebody when you're up to control the game, when you're down to lead you back. I think Joe does that. I'll go to Pat. Um, Playing with Pat, I think Pat gives you an elite sense of playmaking that if you're in the midst of, we got this guy, you don't until he's down and the whistle blows. Was he that Uh, way at Tech? He was that way at Tech. You know, you, you knew that there was always some sort of explosive dynamics to and it didn't matter if you were running stick spacing. It didn't even matter if you were running a dagger. It didn't matter what kind of play you were running. All goes special. You knew there was some type of life behind the plays you were going to run because he gave you that every play. Um, Jalen Hurts, I think, gives you a little bit of everything. And what he does well, I think, is adding the quarterback run game on top of their run game. And I think he's seen the field a lot better this year with Sirianni in his second year. You know, I think he's kind of developed that a little better. Um, he's understanding, and especially with Shane Steichen, what those two have done with him, I think they've used his strengths, you know, in their RPO scheme, their quarterback runs, and then they've allowed him to just kind of be himself. Kind of reminds me of his days at Oklahoma. And then Brock Purdy, like you said, he's a little – he's not really proven that part of his game yet, right? We Everybody knows Kyle Shanahan's one of the great scheme callers in the NFL. I mean, every time you look, there's a deep over open, whether it's Brendan Ayuk or there's George Kittle coming across the middle, you know. or it's Christian McCaffrey, you know, running a check down. You have elite weapons. Well, you're playing a Philly team this week who can run the ball well. They have A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. They have really good uh, uh, weapons. So if you go down in that game 14-0 in Philly, how can you respond and show the league that, you know what, 
I may be the starting quarterback for San Fran here on out instead of them going back to Trey Lance. You know, how can you get it done to quiet everybody and say, yeah, Shanahan is a good play caller, but Brock Purdy, he's a tough son of a B, and he can get it done for you. So, you know, that's what I think of the four quarterbacks. I'm excited because there's a lot of storylines attached to this week of football, and uh, I, I think it'll silence a lot of like critics for any of the quarterback whenever they win or lose this week. Nah, no doubt. Um, I got to ask you, man, there's this, the, the, there's a film I put on uh, Twitter. It was, uh, it was the film of, uh, of a Kittle not getting beat. He just sticks that big right hand out. It doesn't stick. Yeah. Then it hits him in the face mask. Right here. <laughs> and then he mm. just kind of olays him. Now, let me ask you this. Like, so I've been arguing with different, um, Former NFL guys, I got I, I I talked to like guys like Eddie George, Ray Lewis. I got to talk to some OG cats and uh, Brandon Spikes, and mm. uh, they're like, "JB, we're so fucking soft now." Da 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 da. So <laughs> OG side, and then you got guys that just retired or guys in the league who who are talking shit to me, who you know think I'm oh man, you don't know, you just Netflix. I'm like, well, I actually played and coached for a long time, but it's all right. You can keep judging Netflix all you want, but Here's my thing. First of all, I know in the Polynesian culture, that ain't a thing. I just know mm-hmm. that ain't allowed. Number two, are we have we become like is do you agree that is it is it soft? Or can you just say, you know what, coach? I'm worried about fines now. I'm worried about the rule changes, which I get. I get the game has changed. And I know um a lot of cat you guys gotta play differently now. Um is there a like what do you think about this whole thing? Like, he misses digs, you know. It's either A, you're scared to get fined, or B, we're, are we too friendly now with the culture? Like, jersey swaps and social media availability, everyone knows each other. Back in the day, Rodney Lott did not want to talk to the L.A. Rams team teammates. No, no. But no. now it's changed, and I, I get it's changed because of all the availability and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, as far as the comfortability of being on social media. And everyone knows each other now with all the seven on and everything coming up through high school. Everyone's cooler now than they were back in the day. There wasn't social media and easy access. Um, <laughs> is it just the game's changed and that's how you kind of got to go with it? Man, like, I watched that clip. It went viral. And um, first off, I want to applaud uh, um, uh, Neville Gallimore, 96, for running down the field with George I know. Kittle. That's what people don't talk about. Like, I'm talking about D-tackle. D-tackle. 300-plus power to run down the field. But when I see that clip, first, the, the thing I see is you got to tackle with your eyes open. Uh, you, you know, you, you, got, you can tell that his eyes are closed when he was when he was making the play. Yeah. And then second, in the regular season in the NFL, I can understand not taking the fine, but you still got to find a way to – to at least affect the play somehow because he's not he's focusing on bobbling the ball right yeah um and so at least if you're not gonna hit him at least you gotta try fight it punch it do swat it do something um going low going with your eyes closed preferably i i I, preferably i wouldn't do that we had to play derrick henry so i know what it's like trying to tackle somebody that has known to to just full-on bull people this year uh, from the running back position so you have to be able to tackle with your eyes open. We go through it every week in the NFL, the tackling plan. Hey, how does this guy run? How does this guy catch the ball? What is he like in open field? So there's really no excuse to miss plays as a pro, but like I said, shit happens. But you have to so show some type of effort to at least punch it out. It's a playoff game. It's do or die. You know what I'm saying? That's what Marcellus and Eddie were talking. We were talking about yesterday, and they were like, dog, look, first of all, 
back in our day, if we took a fine, we all cheap chipped in and chipped paid, in for sure paid for each other. And he's like, for sure. this is a fucking playoff game, dog. Like this is a Super Bowl on the line. Like I'm taking yep. the fine, I'm taking the penalty, and I'm proving to Purdy. Keep throwing that shit over the middle, dog. Yeah, you're gonna get you your guys hurt. Now Purdy ain't doing that shit as much no more because exactly. now the guy that just got banged for a bobble. And and you could tell Kittle wasn't even worried about getting hit. Back in the day, cats would have been like, Oh, oh, look, look around. Let me look around. Yeah. 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 I remember watching Chad Johnson run a slant over the middle against the Ravens, and Ray Lewis obliterated this man. Heard him. And I swear Carson Palmer never went over the middle again that game. Yeah. I I, I don't know, man. It's just like I'm just like, man, I don't I don't know. It's just it's just different. Uh, it's different. It's very different. Yeah, it it's different, man. It's different. I, I just, you know, it is what it is. I mean, shit, people people don't realize what's going on. But so in the, the last four games, it's the teams that are remaining this Sunday. Who you like? Oh, man. In the NFC. Uh, Give me a I toss. Like, on. I, I, I like. You know, it's it's tough because. Did um, you play both teams? Played Philly last year, played San Fran this year. They both give you different strengths. Like, I don't know how you how you block up San Fran's front. I don't know how you block up Philly's front. I know. So I'm interested to see how both coaches kind of scheme that up offensively. Yeah. Um, but I really like San Fran because I just feel like they just give you a lot more on defense, man. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you can control the game, especially how they are against the run. Um, and Philly, I mean, they had what like 236 against the Giants. Yeah. You know, last week. So, man, I, I like I like San Fran because I really like what Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw have been doing this year. You know, I know the D line gets a lot of credit. You know, Nick, Arik, uh, you know, Omenahu, and all those guys, uh, and of course the back end coverage. But Fred and Dre, they they just I saw a stat where they compared those two to the two, 2012 linebacker core of uh, Navarro and, and Pat Willis. Yeah. Um, I like San Fran in that game, and then. In the AFC Championship, I do like uh, Kansas City um, to beat a team twice in the same setting, the AFC Championship on the road. Um, I feel like that's tough, man. You know, just like that's tougher than beating a team three times. Three times. That's what I'm saying. Like when we everybody kind of peaked at, you know, if we have beat Jacksonville, it's going to be Kansas City and, and Arrowhead, and it's tough to to lap a team three times, man. Let alone playing them twice in the same venue. You know, the AFC Championship. So um, I, I truly believe that, you know, even though Pat is hurt, um, man, Kelsey's one of the best in the game. You can't run zone against him uh, because he'll just pick zones apart. And then really, if you run man, you know, depending on how Pat's ankle is, you know, he can make plays with your with your eyes not locked on the quarterback. But I think it'll be a close game. Uh, I'm saying 31-24 Kansas City. Really? I think see I on the other side of it, man. Just I'm like I think Burrow's like you know what I'm about to put everybody on notice. And Locked I think, in. I think they're gonna smoke them. Really? I think it's gonna be like a 38-17 type of game. It's crazy because Joe has pretty much owned the Chiefs since he's been playing them. Three so and oh yeah, three. That's and what oh. I'm saying. That that's another thing, man. Is like. And then you got to see man. that mental block. It's it's locked in. You know, he's not worried about, oh, we're playing this team three times. Or that's what I said, man. Joe's one of the best at at, at managing a game. You know, I, when we play when I played with him at LSU, I mean, even though we blew out teams, it was like we always had the game in control, you know. So 
Hey, you're in rare, you're in rare company. Uh, people don't realize you got to play with Pat Mahomes in college at Texas Tech. You got mm. to play with Burrow at LSU, won a national title. Like, are they very similar as far as their approach? Because I love how Mahomes came back in the game after getting hurt. I, I hate, I hate to see these cats Man. just real quick to say, all right, I'm done. He fought. He was pissed. He threw his shit. He was like, "Man, I'm not coming out." Mm-hmm. And I love to see that now. That to that's me, toughness. that should be in the quarterback's like manual. Right? Yep, the play unwritten rule. Unwritten rule. The most fucking money. Go out there and play. You can play. And I think it made Patrick Mahomes better. He has to climb the pocket now. He can't ad lib as much. He can't mm. get out the pocket. He's got to throw and climb the pocket. And I think he threw that touchdown to Scantling because he climbed the pocket instead mm. of escaping the pocket. But are those two as similar as a, as far as approach? Because they both seem like they're pretty cool, calm, and collected. Yeah. Different personalities, I will say. No doubt. Um, uh, Pat was freaking outgoing, man. He's, you know, he's going to talk to everybody in the locker room. He's going to, you know, be play ping pong with the guys and and just be a great dude in the locker room. Not saying Joe isn't a great dude, but Joe's a great dude, but he's more reserved, man. He's quiet. You know, it's kind of like a silent killer, man. Like, he's always yeah. thinking about the game. And – but you talk about first one in, last one out, all, both of those guys really give you that, man. Like, true leadership. You know, they just do it in different personalities. It's crazy, oh bro. God. Crazy. Hey, shit, man. I, growing up in the hood, dog, the motherfucker that was quiet and went and sat in the front row and had a 4.0, those are the cats smoking cats every night. Got to. Got to. You, you know, that's, that's you, know, you worry about him. You don't worry. The guy that don't say much in the room, that's the one you got to be careful for. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Hey, you're a Laker fan, aren't you? <clears throat> Or just I'm, a Kobe fan. I'm a Kobe man. I'm a Kobe. I grew up in Hawaii. I'm a Kobe guy, man. I, I love. I love Kobe. Me too. I, I'm the same way. Let me ask you this: Did Drake fuck this picture up? <laughs> you know, I, I want to say he did, but I see the Kobe on the OVO jacket, so I'm like, I can't be mad at it, man. I know. It's on Drake's jacket. I'm like, dog, Drake, sit your ass down. Sit, sit, sit. You know, he wants. You know, the he wants to be a part of. He wants to be a part of everything professional, man. Whether it's NBA, NFL, other rappers, other singers. You know, Drake's always gonna tie himself into it. And it's his. Uh, he passed away three years ago today already, mm-hmm. dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I. I'm a Laker fan, but I'm I'm not a LeBron guy. So I I gotta ask you, because I know you're a Kobe guy. I'm a Kobe guy. And you got an old soul. Like I've been watching thousand videos lately of every single player, like AI, Barkley, Shaq, all these big time players. When did we just pass up Kobe and just stop talking about him? Like everyone in, in the media and everyone, they don't even mention Kobe. And all these players are like, I see. I saw a thing with T Mac yesterday, and T Mac is about to. He's going to come on this show. I talk to T Mac quite often. He's like JB, the most skilled player I've ever seen, including Jordan. He's the best. Kobe is the Kobe. best. And he's like nobody talks about it. Like why are we just skipping past him and going right to LeBron and all these things? Like, no, where where is Kobe at in all this shit, homie? Like a lot of a lot of recency bias. You know, yeah. you know he he he's not around so. You know, you people kind of like uh, put that to the side. You know, let's focus on the guys now. Focus on, but game is game, man. You know, you got to put, you got to pay homage to guys that the cats that have done it and done it at a high level for a long time. And he did that. You know, like you said, T Max said, man, that was the most skilled guy. Kobe could go left, he'd go right. You know, in his prime, if he wanted to, he could drive and dunk on your ass. You know, you never knew if he was going to pull away, back shoulder fade away. If he wanted to pull up from the three, he could. And, and what I really love about Kobe is Kobe always played defense. 
That's how he made a staple in the NBA. Kobe was going to play full-court defense, and when he did that, and I remember watching the interview, he always did it to set the tone for his team. They knew that if our best player, one of the, the best players in the game today, is out here playing defense, bro, there's no excuse for us to do it. So, man, I've always loved Kobe. I grew up watching him. They would come to the Stan Sheriff Center and, and at the University of Hawaii. Um, they would have come and start the preseason there. Uh, it was it was such a good experience. And then, you know, just when he passed away, um, it was like you lost a family member, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, it just kind of just shit just like when it hit us like damn man it, you know it, it it shows you that you know death don't discriminate you know you gotta you gotta live every day you gotta appreciate it and you know i always reminiscing on kobe videos man like every now and then uh, all the time all the time and you know the other cool part about it is man uh i've never looked up to i've never called a younger person than me he's two years younger than me uh i never called a younger person a hero and that's the first cat I called a hero um, and that was younger than me. So it was just one of those things. I'm like, dog, he's a different cat. I mean, he just was a different cat, especially in L.A., having watched him win all those titles and all this different shit. I'm like, dude, he's, he's a different dude. And I got to be honest, people don't realize he took the ball from whoever had it at the end of the game. LeBron mm. watches Westbrook try to brick a layup. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. You're the guy. Go get yeah. the ball. Yeah, I'm you you see that no more, man. And I'm just like, I don't you, understand how we put no LeBron. I, LeBron's a freak. No, get me wrong. I think he's a freak of nature. He's probably no you know one of these guys that are so good. But I'm also like, dog, he ain't Kobe in my opinion. He don't have that killer in him. So I'm my like, uh, here, here's my here's my whole thing to the to the Kobe LeBron thing is, I, I think the greatest of all time to pick up a basketball is Michael Jordan. Um, but if we're gonna compare everybody to Mike, doesn't it make sense to compare the guy that's literally a split image of him on the court? Hey, T-Mac you know? said he did exactly what he did, but he did it better. He did. That's what, you know, there's a, they, you've seen the video probably a hundred times where they always, they show yeah. Mike, they show Kobe flashback, yeah. both of, back and forth. And it's like, I get so um, mad when people try to not discredit the guy who mimicked his game after Mike. And like T-Mac said, did it better. Yeah. You know, if we're going to compare guys to the GOAT, we have to compare guys in the GOAT's realm. And and if you're not speaking Kobe, I can't take you serious if you're talking basketball. I know, man. You, I, I, hear, I hear all this shit. Now we're putting KD. And I'm like, KD? He's <laughs> to seven different places trying to win a ring. I said, Kobe never even left. He don't even get credit for staying. You know, like, it, 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 I don't most, know. Of the, mo most of the people that, that always try to push the LeBron MJ agendas is, is mainly media. You know, if you ask NBA players, they'll tell you, hey, Kobe was that dude, you know, and it's it's tough because social media is what runs our, our world today. It's hey, were you, was, uh, was Ben Simmons there with you? Ben left. Uh, man, they don't like Ben at LSU, man. Really? They don't like Ben. Ben, ben didn't go to class. Um, and not so he's doing – He's he's basically is what we thought he was right now. Yeah, then as soon as he left LSU, he, like, got on a podcast and was like – yeah, LSU was the worst experience I ever had. Like, wow. you know, horrible, you know, didn't love it, you know, hated everything about it. And then everybody was like, wow. man, how are you going to talk trash about LSU? You never went to class. Wow. Uh, man, let me ask you this. What did you think about the uh, – before you get out of here, the Jeff Saturday hire. They hired this guy, Jeff Saturday, right out of the ESPN booth. Uh, mm. Jeff's great. I think he's a top 10 NFL center of all time. Um, he comes in, wins his first game against the Raiders, and then all the after, – after that, they couldn't win a game. 
and he's being considered for the, the for the job. I, I guess him and Ursay's uh, you know, relationship so tight. Mm-hmm. But uh, is he a guy that the players nowadays would even under will even take serious? Because they, they these kids they're younger now. They don't they don't know Jeff Saturday. They understand he's in the Hall of Fame in the mm-hmm. Colts uh, locker and everything. But is he a guy they that that team's taking serious nowadays, or 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 do they need some fresh blood? You know, we kind of talked about this um, so, with, with some guys on the team when he got hired, and it was like it was eye-opening because there was more than enough other guys in that staff who were more than qualified to be a head coach. You know, I know for one, Gus Bradley, he coached Hell me yeah. my rookie year. He was our D.C., and oh, he's yeah. got a great track record at Jacksonville and stuff before. John and Fox. John Fox was on that staff as well. And, um, you know, the reason I think – they hired Jeff was because number one, you know, he's a ring of honor guy in Indy hall of famer. Um, We'll talk about a guy that embodies the culture. So that was the first reason. Then number two, I think with the way their season was going um, as a, as an assistant, you know, I, I, I think it was the Broncos this year when they, when they, um, they fired, uh, um, what's his name? Um, Who, uh, the head guy? The head guy. Yeah. Uh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, McDur- I mean, uh, God damn it. Um, Hackett. Yeah. Hackett. Hackett. So when, when they fired Hackett, they asked um, the D.C. if he wanted to take the head coaching job. And he declined it. So they gave it to one of the senior offensive uh, analysts. Who they just hired during the middle of the season. Who they gave. And I think a big reason why these assistants kind of don't go into those roles on losing teams is because they could possibly resume. diminish their resume. Yeah. You know, if I'm looked at as uh, on a losing team and if my defense is elite, but you know, ah, we're losing, we're not putting up points a game. And I think it was kind of like that with Indy and Denver, both have elite defenses. And then, you know, your offense kind of finds its struggles. Well, now after the season's done, you're not looked at as a head coach that took upon the job. You're still looked at as the DC that came in and had yeah, an elite yeah. top five defense. So yeah. I think that's kind of the reasons why, you know, when you go through these interim coaching changes midseason, you kind of have to look at how the team's going versus, you know, how you're actually performing as your coaching res- uh, designation, as a, whether you're a DC or a position coach. They're always going to look at you what you did last, not as a whole body of work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was part of the reason the Jeff Saturday hired happened. They already were going to have a losing season, um, but I think it was just kind of like a feel-good hire. Like, hey, come in. Guys, we're going to run the ball 40 times, which they should have been doing all season. They have the highest-paid line in the league. Right. Uh, I don't know why they tried to get cute, you know, trying to be like a little spread offense. You know, you invest in Brian Kelly, the best guard in the league, uh, Quentin Nelson. Run the dang rock. Those guys want to run the dang rock. But, yeah, that's my thoubts on it. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, no, I appreciate it. I I'm just like, man, I, I was at that Raider game uh, with my buddy Pat Perez, a golfer. We were, we were at the game, that, that first game for Saturday, and and, uh, and they mm. finally ran the rock. They put Matt Ryan in after they, you know, put him down as a backup. He, they mm-hmm. start him. They make a decision after Reich was let go. And then I'm like, all right, so the team looks like they've rallied around him. And then I'm like, you know, in the NFL, though, man, that rah-rah shit just don't last very long in the it league. Doesn't. Paid millions of dollars. When cats are getting paid and they're here to, to win games like MCDC last year in Detroit, all that hoorah, mm-hmm. then they lost, and then he's crying. And 
I'm like, dude, people in the NFL, the players, just it's different league. It's a grown man league now. There's not a lot of time for losing, losing. We're yeah. like, oh, it's results oriented. We got, we got to win. We're trying to get our next contract as players. We're trying to figure this thing out. We got to win some games. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Different generation. So I mean, very uh, different. I don't know, man. I I, uh, I I think I agree with you 100%. I've said it on this show, if if Saturday doesn't get the job, which I don't think he will, it'd be crazy. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But he'll never coach again. That's what I'm saying. You know, his, his resume is tarnished. Tur- tarnished. Pay him big time. Like, here, dog, go back to ESPN because you're never going to coach again. No, co- Like, Auburn ain't calling him to take the job or, or, or any college. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, come on, man. I think with something like that, though, I think uh, – it's one of those things where you work out with the owner, like Jeff and and I think Ursay knew for sure the season was going to go the way it is. So I think it's smart that yeah, Jeff won't get the head job, but you keep him on staff, kind of right. kind of thing, right? Um, right? Because you know, I mean, that you, you basically he had to take a bullet for everybody. Nobody wanted to be in that position, and so I think that's why Ursay when he went and got somebody, he went and got Jeff Saturday. You know, uh, yeah, no coaching experience, but you can't be mad at the guy, what he did for the Colts in his whole career, you know, being a staple in the Ring of Honor Hall of Fame. So it's like, yes, we're mad because we're losing, but, hey, we got Jeff Saturday. You know, it's kind of like a morale thing. So I do think, you know, he won't get the head job, but I do think he will be around in that facility, whether it's as a as an assistant coach, an analyst, you know, probably like an Antonio Gates, you know, what he does for us, he's just like a – a player rep guy, you know, they give him a title, you know, give him some cash, some bread, uh, but we, we never see him. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. They get, break him off, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Hey, hey, man, um, I think if you guys, the way you guys finished the season, mm-hmm. as injured as you were, I, are you surprised that, well, I'm not surprised. I think the game, the way that the season ended for y'all, I think hurt Staley's chance. But I think Staley would have been in the mentioning of Coach of the Year probably is how you guys ended the year, winning those games, uh, winning 10 games when you guys were as hurt as you were. No J.C. Jackson, who's a Juco guy, by the way. So I, yep. recruited, I recruited the hell out of the kid. Uh, like, you lost a lot of pieces, man. Bosa. Like, I mean, it's just Mike Williams. uh all these different guys, like, did he do a good job rallying you guys around you guys? And and is like, is it fair to say, you know what, this guy is a defensive minded coach who we know is the analytic guy, and we know all that. Mm. Is there, like, is you, there you, a buzz in the league? Is there a buzz in the league now that offensive coaches should be hired to coach big time quarterbacks such as a Bert Herbert or a Mahomes has Andy Reid? You got, you know. Peterson and Trevor Lawrence, like there's all these quarterback guys that have these young QBs. Is that even a thought nowadays? Or do you think Staley's the guy because he's understands defense? I know you guys made a move on offense on, on as coordinator, but and I had his dad on. I had Lombardi's dad on the show. Um uh, and uh like is there is there a is there any validity to that? Or do you think nah it's the best man, period? I don't care if it's offense or defense, I don't care what quarterback we have either. That's tough. That's tough, JB, because, you know, as a, as a head coach, you know it as well. You can be a, a guru at what you do, but if, but you don't have, if you don't have control of that locker room, you'll never win games, man. Never. Um, you know, I think 
it's cool that these young quarterbacks are are having you know quarterback guru or offensive minded coaches right that's cool and, and i think all of them are now um in the final four are all offensive minded like because you know mcdermott just lost he's a defensive guy and um when i look at it i'm like okay you know i look at kyle shanahan and and sirianni andy reed and um who am i missing oh zach taylor from the yeah. Bengals, and it's like okay another coach of the year candidate who's not mentioned that's what i'm saying and, and i'm like okay it's cool right you, you have offensive minded coaches but I think you have to look at what's best for the team. Um, we do have generational quarterbacks. I think this is the the best the league has ever seen from a whole group crop wise and, and quarterbacks and athletically for sure. Athletically for sure. And then, you know, part of me is like, yeah, you do want the best for your guy, but it's like, what happens after that? Cause you look at Arizona, that's a match made in heaven, right? You have uh, a, a quarterback offensive guru, but then, you know, you have Kyler Murray. So, from the outside looking in, you're thinking Cliff, Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, oh, this is a match made in heaven, 50 points a game. But it doesn't it doesn't always work out like that. If you never have control of your locker room and if you never have total buy-in of your culture, it doesn't matter if you have, uh, I don't care, the best coach of all time, right. you know, coaching the quarterback or, or, you know, an elite or Ray Lewis coaching the linebackers. Yeah. If you don't have total buy-in, it's never going to work out. Yeah. No, I and agree. I think – I think that's what these these quarterback or offensive, you know, coach teams have is they have total buy-in. Shanahan has total buy-in of his team. I think we can truly we can say, you know, Andy Reid has has buy-in. I think Brian Dabble had buy-in of the Giants this year, you know, when they started off four and one, four and oh. Um, Doug Peterson, when they started going on a roll, I think that Jacksonville team really started to believe in who they were. Um, and then you know, that's just how it is, man. It could go either way. It could go either way. Hey, if Chad Hitty don't go 98, the Jags could be in this damn game. That when 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 Arden, you know, hit Pat and, and came down on him, um, that changed the game. You know, you oh, just yeah. you just saw the life, but you know what's crazy I will say about the Chiefs, and I hate saying it because you know division rivals, but um <laughs> I, I like number 10 a lot. That Pacheco kid yeah, um, yeah. out of Rutgers, he yeah. runs hard, man. Like yeah. he just refuses to go down. No doubt. Yeah. Nah. Runs hard. It's interesting, man. Um, man, just talking to you, I, I, I see I see coaching all over you, man. You're going to be a coach in 20 years when your career is over. <laughs> you're going to play about 10, 12, 15 years in this league, man. So I, I, kudos to you for fighting through it this year. I know you're on your rookie contract. You got it done. You got in there. Um, what's the offseason plan, man? Are you just grinding and getting ready to go? Is it all go? Everyone's about in. You got a hell of a roster returning. You could argue mm-hmm. a top three, four roster in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys like where you are right now? Um, we do. You know, a lot of the decisions is is above, way above my pay grade. Um, yeah. um, but, you know, I think as a foundation, we have a good quarterback. Um, we have two really good receivers. You can build off of that. Uh, we have two of the best edge players in the league. We have, you know, the best safety in the league, in my opinion. Um, J.C. Jackson comes back next year. Asante Samuel is is a young stud. We know about him. I think Michael Davis played really well towards the end of the year as one of the most lockdown man DBs. Uh, when he got hurt in the Jacksonville game, it really hurt us. Um, I, I, in my opinion, I think we should uh, get another weapon for Herb. Um, I'd love to see him just 
bombs away on on teams. Yeah. You know, get back to what he was doing his rookie year, just taking like the top smaller, off. Smaller type of slot guy, huh? Just take the top off a of defense. You know, it, it, it's like when you play the, with the, the Dolphins. Yeah, you never know if Tyreek or Waddle's going deep, but boy, yeah. you know, you're afraid of them trying to take the top off your defense. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, that's yeah. a different element. Um, oh yeah. But man, just excited about where we go this off season. Um, as an organization, uh, you know, every off season we've went into. Uh, whatever needs we've needed, they've always addressed it. So, you know, there's no doubt that, you know, they're doing a lot of self-scouting right now and, and seeing, you know, what guys can help our team, you know, win a win a championship next year. Nah, no doubt, man. I, you know me, I'm rooting for you all day long. I, I got to ask you, uh, this, this, uh, in this offseason, like you see all these guys going after all these guys, mm. offseason guys, you got the quarterbacks out here. Before you get out of here, man, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, that's mm. top of the town. We don't know if they're going back to their teams, respectively, or they're shopping. Do you see both of those guys coming back home? Um, if Purdy don't get it done, Shanahan's going to be taking some heat. He's four years in a row to the NFC title game, but no Super Bowl to show for it. He blew a 28-3 lead as a coordinator mm. in the NFL. Are people going to start giving him heat like they give Sean McDermott heat in Buffalo for not getting it done? They were the odds-on favorites to win the Super Bowl. They didn't get to the AFC title game, first team ever to do that. Um, are those are those lofty expectations warranted? Like, I don't know, man. I, it is what it is. These guys are all putting your pants on together at the same time, one leg at a time. <laughs> you get a check on the 1st and 15th like everyone else, and people don't realize this. This is the best of the best in the world playing a game. And uh, shit happens, like you said, man. This, this game's funny how it works sometimes. Um do you see Aaron Rodgers possibly coming to Frisco if it don't work out in Frisco or, or Brady coming back home? They're both California guys. Um, or one of them going to the Raiders to replace Carr. I think – so here's my personal opinion. I think Brady ends up in Vegas. Um, I think Derek Carr ends up in New York. Jets. I think with the Jets. Um, if per, So I think the whole domino effect to this is, is Purdy winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think if Purdy wins, I think San Fran may trade Trey. Yeah, no they doubt may yeah. trade him. Yeah, you know, um, and then you know you start looking at okay, Trey Lance available. Oh, a lot of teams are gonna. That's a that's a huge mark. Trey Lance is a good player, really yeah. good player. Yeah. Um, I think Aaron, uh, unless Tom doesn't take the the uh, unless Tom doesn't end up in Vegas, I think that'll be Aaron's spot because you know Aaron and Devontae, man. Yep. And then now. You know, Aaron's got more weapons in Vegas than he did in Green Bay. Yeah. You know, Waller, you know, Jacobs comes back. Then you got Renfro, who's an elite route runner. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, as as old as Tom is, I don't want his ass in the AFC West. <laughs> I, 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 I hear you. Shit. Hey, like, I hear you. 46 or whatever. I don't care. He's like, you know, my talent. That cat's dangerous. I see everybody talk about, man, oh, you know, after that playoff loss, everybody's like, man, Tom's old, you know. But man, I watched his mic'd up against somebody this year, and it was like he was the only one that was motivated. Like you watch the body language of everybody else around him, yeah. it was like they didn't want to be there. Yeah. So I watched Tom Brady. I'm like, yo, y'all can say this man's old, but I don't want him in our division. Hell no. Nah. I don't care how old he is, huh? Hell no, nah, because we already got Patton and Russ, and, and Russ decided to turn into prime Russ when we played them last game of the season. You know, but yeah, I'm not trying to play against Russ. Uh Tom and Pat for you know six times a year. Kid shitting me. 
That's a hell. Hey, you got a hell of a roster and team, man. But shit, that's tough. That's bloodbath every week. Bloodbath. You hear people talking about, oh yeah, we we you know that's a it's a it'll be great for ratings. Hell no, nah. keep him out of our division. Hey man, you sound like you're light years ahead of everyone else, man. As far as your age playing in this game, it looks like like I said, would you ever would you ever coach? I don't know, JB. I don't know if I have the patience for it, man. You know. Nah, um, you, you sound like a coach. You sound like you know. I mean, you're you're talking offensive scheme. You're talking route run. I mean, you know shit that a lot of guys. I've I've got a lot of guys playing in the league right now, man. They mm-hmm. they can't. They don't know what you're talking about. Like it's 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 clear you've studied the game on all aspects. Because like Ray Lewis used to say all the time. I've talked to him and Eddie George all the time about stuff, and they're like, dude, if you don't know what old line protection is, mm-hmm. why are you playing the game as a defensive player? Mm-hmm. Like if you don't know what people are setting the protection to, who's hot, who's not, sight adjust. Where we're where we're setting the mic, like I want to beat that if I know where the O lines what they're doing. But mm-hmm. a lot of cats now just come in and worry about B gap. <laughs> B gap fitter. I'm the B gap fitter. fitter. What's going on, B gap? They're sliding to your ass. You ain't getting through three guys. It's crazy, man. Like, uh, uh, like, like I said, like about coaching, man. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to lie to a kid. You know, I don't want to. Um, not necessarily lie, but I don't want a kid to have expectations of me to do something for him. And at the end of the day, the kid look in the mirror and not be real with himself. That's, that's, that's my biggest fear is, you know, Oh, whether it's the high school level coach, your NFL, say in college, right. You go coach and, and a kid thinks, Oh, I go play in this scheme and it's going to get me to the NFL, or I got to go get developed by this coach and get to the NFL. That's true to a certain extent, but at at a certain point, you have to look in the mirror as an athlete and say, I got to pick my shit up or, hey, I got to play better. You know, no coach is going to just, hey, boom, come, trust me, I'll get you to the NFL. Unless you're Nick Saban and you just pull in five stars every year. (laughs) But at the end of the day, not everybody's Nick Saban and you're not going to have the talent pool Nick Saban has. So, you know, it's a two-way street and and that's kind of always been my biggest fear about getting into coaching is – I don't want kids to have high expectations of what I've done as a player and what I've gone through thinking that can be me and I can put every single kid through that journey in that process, you know, cause not everybody's the same. Not everybody's going to run the same race. Hey, I, I had a good conversation yesterday. Eddie George and Brandon Jacobs, right? They're both mm-hmm. coaches in this game and, and uh, Brandon played at Coffeyville junior college in Kansas. So I, oh, yeah. We were just BSing and playing, and my former head coach in college was Brandon's head coach. So we were talking, and those are two big old freakish cats. Like, how, who wants to tackle these? Yeah, two yeah, yeah. Teams, Brandon right? Jacobs is a, is a 290 pound running back. Oh, dude, him, him, and Eddie both look like they can play right now and get 100 yards in the league. <sighs> and uh, we were talking about this though, man. And it was like, dog. Brandon was like, dog. I can't. I, I don't know. I'm trying it right now, coaching this NFLPA with, with Jeff Fisher. He's like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I can, man. They can't do what I'm telling them to do. And I'm like, dog, they can't do what you did. Just like Deion Sanders, they can't do what he did when he's trying to coach these cats. Like, they mm-hmm. can't turn and run like him. They can't do the thing. They can't jump cut in the hole at 280, homie. Like, they're not you. And I, he's like, I said, you got to understand that shit. If you really want to coach this thing, you got to understand, you got to slow your brain down, man, and just say, look, this is what helped me. But but they're not God-gifted as you, dog. That's just what it is. I saw something, um, and I read it. I forgot where I read it. Or no, Staley had – me and Staley were having a conversation about it one day. And he said, you know why the best players who ever play their game, basketball, football, have never been good coaches? 
is because when they coach, they coach it in a mentality where if I could do it, they can do it. Yes. But like you said, JB, not everybody's given God-given talents of a Ray Lewis or of a Chad Johnson or of an Andy George. Mike Mike Singletary. Like Mike Singletary – was was coached in a in a time where it was just rugged it <laughs> was mother effort you better get this thing yes, done yes. you know and you look at who was that tight end that that walked off uh Vernon Davis Vernon Davis it just it's a different era like you say all the time these cats are different you know you the the best players never make these good coaches because they don't understand that this era is different so that's why you see you hear about these guys who never played a snap or were just kind of average ball players that are good coaches is because yeah, they understand what it was like to be a, a bench warmer or a try hard guy who never had elite talent. Yeah. Belichick. Belichick, you know, you these these analytics gurus are are making good coaches. Why? Because they just know that I never had the talent, so I actually had to learn the game. Yeah. I had to learn the X's and O's. And that's how it was with me. I was I was never the biggest. I was never the strongest. I was never the fastest. But I was like, man, I got to find a way to have an edge in the league. And I was yep. like, how's being that? And it's being a smart football player, you know? Uh, hell yeah, man. You you are definitely uh, cerebral at this thing, man. And and it's only going to help you, man. And, uh, man, I can't thank you enough for coming on again, man. And, uh, hey, best of luck in the offseason getting ready, man. And I, I can't wait to see you again. Hopefully you're here staying and you're here for a while, man. And uh, you get to go back to Island at all? Uh, probably go back in uh, in the summer when when the weather's beautiful and, and the waves are uh, ready to catch, <laughs> and I can go get hey, some man. chicken katsu. The waves are crazy out here for a while. This damn rain we got. I saw it. I'm, I'm I saw it. I was like, man. The, I came to Cali and I was like, I thought the weather here is 65 all year, sunny. Hey, it was 80 yesterday at the Rose Bowl, so it's back. Oh, that hey that that Rose Bowl gets hot now. That oh, Rose Bowl it gets, gets hot, hot down there in that thing, don't it? It gets uh, hot. Man, appreciate you, brother. Wish the family well for you, man, and you. Uh, and tell them I said hello, man, and uh, I see you like I see you soon. I hope. JB, thank you, my brother. Hey, appreciate you it. Come out here, man. If you ain't doing shit, we gotta cook some. Uh, we gotta put a pig on my smoker. I'm down. Hey, I'll be seeing the the chef JB on Twitter. I'll be like, damn, this man's making me hungry, man. Hey, man. Hey, Super Bowl. I'm having a little get together, man. Okay. So, okay. If you, whenever you're in town, hit me, man. We gotta hook okay. up. We'll do. Appreciate you, All JB. Right, appreciate you. Thank you. Brandon Fajoko, couldn't I can't thank him enough for joining, man. Uh let's get you started, man. Uh contrary to belief, before we have Steve Kim join us. If the words don't add up, it's probably because the truth wasn't included in the equation. The primary cause of unhappiness is never the situation, but your thoughts about it. Let those two resonate, man. Um this been as fire beginning to the show. Appreciate everybody. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member if you're not one. Uh, Braden, man, great Uso, man. Uh, he's a great dude. We talk quite a bit. Um, can't thank him enough for joining in this segment. And, uh, hey, I'm going to be back here in about three minutes. I got to get me some coffee. Steve Kim joins me right after this. Uh, we're going to break down uh, Coach of the Year. MVP. We're going to get after a bunch of shit. Don't go nowhere. I'll be back in three minutes. Number one, Lamar Jackson won the MVP. Lamar Jackson's had no issues off the field. He's been he's been great in the community and all those things, okay? Um, 
Let me get a quote of the day. It's ticking on the bottom of the thing. I didn't even say it. Separation comes from preparation. Make sure you understand that. Separation comes from preparation. There's a reason they put that film contract in Kyler Murray's fucking clause, and it clearly showed last night. I pointed it out. Even though it's one play, well, I could have pointed out uh, 20 plays. And it is clear that him and the head coach are not on the same wavelength as far as calling plays. Because if they were, you'd have a completely different schematics going on. They were in quads on that fucking play, by the way. To the left. He's a right-handed quarterback. Everything's fucked up from the jump. (laughs) I'm not even going to get into all that. But Lamar Jackson is is a great kid human perfect kid you want to represent in your 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 organization all those things great i understand it but dog at the end of the day you still have to produce and win championships he's done nothing lamar jackson's done nothing of significance And I told you about this fucking MVP thing in the NFL. It is a popularity vote, whether it's good or bad, on or off the field. Let me break it down. Aaron Rodgers won the last two. Why? Because he's controversial off the field. Plus, we know he's the best ball spinner on it. Lamar Jackson that year was a popular guy. He came in ripping it, running around, freak of nature, all that shit. But we knew he wasn't going to win no real games. Anyone, guys that I know, guys that I know knew he wasn't going to win no meaningful playoff game. But they gave him the fucking MVP. Steve Nash beat Kobe Bryant twice for an MVP in the NBA. You don't think it's a popularity vote? You think Steve Nash deserves it over Kobe fucking Bryant? And then they played in the playoffs that same year? And Kobe fucking ripped his ass in a seven-game series and dominated him. But yet, Steve Nash got the fucking MVP. It is not the best. I'm just telling you. So, we're going to see the issues that you're going to see when Lamar Jackson faces a team other than the Jets, A, and B, when he can't stop throwing the football deep. Because if you ever see him throwing crossing routes or digs or curls or fucking even quick balls, he can't throw them. All right, all right, all right. I'm back. Uh, got a lot to discuss. Mediocrity is a new excellence. Make sure you go CoachABStore.com. Grab you some. This show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Get you 50% off. Welcome bonus. CandidateCBD.com. Promo code CoachJB. Go get you some dip. Uh, cleanest, freshest dip there is. Um Phil Jackson came out and said it's unbelievable how a franchise as powerful as the Lakers is only getting is only settling for their players breaking records after record while the team sinks into oblivion. Um, he said they must end the media circus that they have turned into one of the most powerful franchises in NBA history. I love Phil Jackson. Uh, you know, he said a lot of shit in his book. 
Uh, I agree, man. These motherfuckers only care about breaking records right now. Uh, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't know what's up with it, but it is what it is. Um, and that's why mediocrity is the new excellence. We care about Dable lost to Sirianni three times and got blown out in the playoffs. Okay. So just understand that is a real thing. If we vote for Dable to win coach of the year, how the fuck is a guy that lost three times to one dude coach of the year? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. You guys have allowed it because you're mediocre. You think mediocrity is the new excellence, period, in everything we're doing right now. So I'm just telling you, that's what it is. Um, ben Simmons played Joel, Joel, Joel Embiid uh, first time since they left each other and the 76ers got the win ad came off the bench last night for the lakers scored 21 points and the warriors beat john the grizzly after steph was ejected for throwing his mouthpiece like dog come on are we that soft we gotta fucking throw we can't throw mouthpiece now besides getting ejected uh we get ejected for it it's crazy um <clears throat> Listen, I'm going to be real cautious with my dogs from now on, and I'm not going to cuss them out as much. I don't know if you heard about it, but of all places, of all fucking places, of course, Kansas, dog shoots and kills his owner, 32 years old, in freak hunting accident, Kansas authorities say. So have you guys seen this? Um, 32-year-old from Wichita was sitting in the front passenger seat of his pickup truck when his dog stepped on a rifle in the back seat and shot him right through the seat and killed him. Um, I just have a... I see, it seems like that would only happen in Kansas. I, 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 it's not funny, but goddamn. That's the problem, dog. I ain't gonna have my fucking ass. I ain't having my fucking dog around no gun. You act like the dog knows where the trigger is, dumb motherfuckers. Like, come on, man. Get real. Um, mediocrity is the new excellence, Hector. This is what we do now in America. We shake our asses in front of the babies. Peep this out. Oh, hey, get it, hey, get it, hey. Let me watch it again, dog. You want to watch it again? I'm confused as to what you get out of that. What do you get out of that? Dog, that's all we see nowadays. What you mean? That is the new America. You want to see some more shit? You want to see some more shit? How about this? Let's put the mic where our dick would be for the little baby to talk into. Like, Baby Bash posted this. So now they think it's cool for little babies to talk into dick mics. Sick bastards. I'll probably get banned for this posting this, but fuck him. I'm a real father and this shit is sick. I don't know who Baby Bash is. He's apparently somebody. I'm glad somebody finally in with a platform 
has posted some shit like this. And, hey, Joey B, dog, I know we're saying it's child abuse and all this shit, but look, we got, we got these made-up humans dancing in front of babies every single day at Hooters. Like, we're hiring these made-up humans to come in and dance for little kids every day. It is fucking unbelievable. And you wonder why we're so fucked up. I mean, I'm just saying, dog. I'm just saying, keeping it real. Uh, I cannot be more happy. I cannot be happier to see this teacher beat that ass. Look, I I get it. I get a message from somebody that said, well, first of all, if somebody puts their hands on my kid, I'm coming up there and beating that ass. Second of all, let me let me tell you, parent. That's the problem. You're making excuses for your fucking shitty ass kid because you obviously haven't handled business at the house. So if your kid did that and is disrespecting grown folks at an all-time rate that we see every day, it's your fucking fault. I would be shaking the teacher's hand that he fucked my kid up. See, that's the difference. It ain't like the, the, the teacher came in and attacked your son, motherfucker. You can't handle your son at home. So therefore, he goes into society and is a shitbird. And therefore, he got fucked up because there should be repercussions for every action. And life's about choices. You fucking made one. And the, the real part about it is you're going to get fired. And you know what? I don't care. And I'm glad the teacher don't care. It is a sacrifice for the greater good to take a check out of my account because I'm losing my job to fuck you up because your little bitch ass can't stop saying certain things to certain people. And you parents should be seeing these videos and be totally fucking ashamed of your fucking self. That's the real shit. But nobody wants to talk about that. They only want to talk about all the, he's dumb, can't control his class. But let me, let me break this down to you. See, my class, I don't believe would ever get to that point because I think there would be a mutual understanding and a respect factor had it would have been laid already. It would have been laid down already going into the class. Hector, what up, man? Appreciate you. The, the, it would have been laid down already. 
that law would have been foundationally laid. So the kid would have never got to that point. I'm curious as if that kid is an everyday attending student or is he a kid that came into his class from something else? You know what I'm saying? Like he's a kid that don't go, that don't really get that teacher every day. He was in a, you know, they did a move class, shadow class, whatever the fuck they do. He was in there for a lab. And because it looked like the teacher didn't really know the kid. If you really look at it with open eyes, a lot of cats are going to say, well, the teacher has no control of its classroom. Well, you don't know the situation. All we know is the result. We don't know what started it. We saw the result. I love what he did, but I know that he's going to be fired, arrested, whatever. The parent, nothing will happen. No, nothing will even, nobody will ask about the parents. Mediocrity is the new excellence. A high school coach in California put 100 points on a high school football team. He was fired. Not the coach who gave up the 100. How does that fucking make sense to me? you? The coach that put up 100 gets fired. The coach that allowed 100 keeps his job and is anointed. And he's probably goddamn coach of the year, right? Because we feel sorry for him. He got 100 points. I would be so fucking embarrassed, I would never coach again. But mediocrity is the new excellence. Like, we're firing folks for winning in life. (laughs) Like, dog, that is what we do. We fire folks for winning. Oh, man. I don't know, dude. I, it's just tough. It's tough for me. I can't can't get into it no more. Uh, we talked about the other day, 600 mountains and lakes have been renamed because of either LGBTQ, Black Lives Matter, or soft cancel culture groups have come out. Like, I think it was Black Hills Mountain. Um one of the big mountain black hills, I believe, was renamed, is getting renamed as we speak. Like, who's going to really rename it in their car driving on vacation? You know what? We can't go to Black Hill. Oh, don't say Black Hills. Uh, it's now White Hills. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, man. You got to really show me. And most of this shit was named by the Indians any fucking way. So I don't know if Indians were out here scalping brothers like they were the white man, FYI. But Indians who got their land snatched by white folks, to be honest, how the fuck are we worried about changing the names they created? And why the fuck isn't the Kansas City Chiefs name been renamed? Because they're too popular? So the Washington Redskins can be renamed. The Cleveland Indians can be renamed. The Atlanta Braves now? So wait up. Do the Chicago Blackhawks and the Kansas City Chiefs, are they going to get renamed or what? What makes them... Why? What are they excluded for? I'm, confu- I'm confused. I'm confused. I'm confused as to why we, how we pick and choose the Redskins. The Redskins were a fucking great football name, man. That shit was legitimate. That was a real game. The Cleveland Indians were a real thing. Um, 
Steve Kim's going to join us here. Um, Steve, what up? Can you hear me? Yep, I got you. I saw it was muted. That's why I didn't bring you in. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you get your AOL online 150 hours for free? Well, I went down to Walmart. And I got boost I bought some minutes. <laughs> hey, when I saw your thing muted, I'm sitting there like, well, this is a facade. This is not real. This got to be smoke and mirrors. There's no way anyone of Asian descent can have a technological issue. Oh. Well, hold on. Hold on. Have you seen us drive? We can build them. We don't do a good job of handling them. I the think- Korean Yao Ming is in the building. Yes. Everyone <laughs> calls you the Korean Yao Ming in my show. He's Korean Cosell on Whitlock. He's the Korean Yao Ming on JB's show. Uh, all six, two of me. Um, you know, it is what it is. What's going on, coach? What's the latest? Man, same old, same. I had Braden Fajoko on, D-tackle for the Chargers. Uh, known him a long time, his family. Great dude. His dad's like a fucking animal as well. His dad's more popular than he is. Um, man, I went down to the uh, NFL PA game practice yesterday. Spoke to Eddie George and, and his roster. Uh, they, he's the head coach for one team. Jeff Fish was the head coach for the other. It was like 80, 90 degrees inside the Rose Bowl. It was so hot. I was like, God damn, it's hot That's out why here. We I live here. Sunblock. That's why we live here. That's why we put up with those earthquakes at 2 o'clock in the morning. That's why we put up with the smog. That's why we put up with the high rent. It's the weather. Hey, it really is the weather. Can Skip Bayless stop posting we had a 4.2 earthquake? Dude, we have a 4.2 every day, Steve. Nobody cares. It's an every day. We're not going to post when the 9.0 hits. Yeah, I, look, I, I've been through... I would say two big earthquakes that really, really scared me. Everything else was just little shake, rattle, and roll. I remember Northridge. The, were you here in Northridge? Yeah, Northridge was '94. That yep. was certainly a big one. The and other one was in what? Oh, that was, was in '89. No, well, the '87 Whittier earthquake. '87 Whittier. That's right. I was in junior high. I will never forget. It's like 7:45, 7:50. You know, 10 minutes from uh, school starting in Montevallo High School. We're all in the middle area. Regular day. Then all of a sudden, the windows start shaking. And they basically evacuated everyone onto the quad or the, the baseball field area. And it was made pretty clear pretty quickly. This day, there's not going to be school. They sent us home. So those are the two big earthquakes. Everything else is just kind of like a fact of life here. Uh, living in the fault area. It's it's not that big. Like, if you're in Chicago, you're going to deal with the weather issue. Uh, Miami, specifically, a lot of hurricanes, right? In California, the issue here with Mother Nature is earthquakes. And it's tornadoes in Kansas, and it's, yeah. uh, it's hurricanes in Florida. I mean, everyone has their own thing. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I just think it's uh, – it's, uh, it's, it's, it's where you choose to live, man. And I I'm, I don't care. I'd rather be in an earthquake all day long, Steve. I used to fight with my Kansans uh, every day in school, in college. I'll take an earthquake over this damn tornado. They're like, you're crazy. They're really scared of earthquakes, like fear of life over earthquake. I'm like, dude, this, the basement is gone out of the ground. Yeah. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? I, I, I had to go to a town and help out. We went to this town and helped out, like, uh, clean up. An earthquake hit a town, like, 50 miles away from where we work in college in Hayes, Kansas. And I'm like, dude, 
where's the basement? It's just a square block of dirt. They're like, man, this was one of the biggest tornadoes of all time. And it yeah. just took, the, I'm like, it took the basement out of the earth? And you're worried about an earthquake? Yeah. I mean, the thing about an earthquake is they're, they're relatively short. I mean, they startle you no matter when it happens, when everything starts to bend and shake and move. But they're generally over within 15 seconds. Like, I don't ever remember an earthquake that took, like, 45 seconds to a minute. And I'm not talking about the aftershocks. But as soon as the initial uh, jostling of the earth takes place, kind of catch your breath. And then you're like, all right, we're living in California. And you get back to life. I mean, I was I was kind of awoken. I was a little bit kind of groggy. But I, I was probably back to sleep within 10 minutes a couple nights ago. I didn't even feel it out here. Hmm. You. you know what? The last, last, uh, well, if we want to be honest, Steve, the last 67,000 earthquakes, I haven't felt. Yeah. Because there's an earthquake every 10 seconds here, guys. That's what people don't realize. The earth's moving underneath us, so we don't have the big one. Right. So I, I, I don't, I'm not afraid of it. Um, you know, we, we always heard about the big one. Growing up, we always heard about the big one. And at the end of it, half of California is going to end up in the Pacific Ocean. Um, that hasn't happened. It's it's the biggest hoax since uh, climate change. Sorry, not buying it. You had it scared for a while. I'm good. Let's just keep living our lives. Hey, uh, Eskimo Pie is, is now being changed in his name. What? Changing his name. What? Uh, no. There's 600 mountains being changed this year, Steve. 600 mountains. The Black Hills Mountain, the Black Hawk Mountain. Uh, it's either LGBTQ, we've na- we've changed Aunt Jemima, Eskimo Pie. The Dixie Chicks are just now called the Chicks. Like, what in the hell is going on? I, I think there comes a point in time when entities like the Dixie Chicks have to just stand their ground and say, no, this is our name. This is our brand. We're going to have some guts here. We, we built this thing. We're not changing it. And yes. Eskimo Pies, wow. Well, hold on, but they're not going to change Klondike, right? That's an iconic brand, too. Klondike Bar, what would you do for a Klondike Bar? I wouldn't change the name. I'll tell you that much. Keep Klondike, though. Good How logo. Edmonton Eskimos? Edmonton Eskimos. Shout out to Warren Moon. Gizmo Williams. I'm a, The head coach for the Edmonton Eskimos, his name's Chris Jones. He's on the way to my house right now. We're going to take a drive to Las Vegas from here, and we're going to go check out the East-West Shrine game. He's the head coach for the Edmonton team. He's won five Grey Cups in the CFL. He's one of the legendary CFL coaches. He's an Alabaman native. Uh, I'm going to ask him today about that um, on the way to Vegas. We're going to drive. I'm going to drive myself. We're going to drive and uh, smoke some sticks and and go watch East-West Shrine game practices this weekend in Vegas. Um, I'm going to ask him why they changed the name and how it's worked its way up to to the Canadian side of things. Because, I mean, we already know why it's here. But, Steve, Land O'Lakes, my butter. Oh. It's being changed. Is it really? Oh, geez. It's being changed. After 100 years, the president and CEO, Beth Ford, said in a statement, as Land O'Lakes looks forward to our 100th anniversary, we've recognized we need packaging that reflects the foundation and heart of our company culture. And nothing does that better than a farmer's owner's whose milk is used to produce Lando Lakes dairy products. 
<laughs> like Miss Butterworths, Mutual of Omaha, Nestle Candies. What about Spick and Span? <laughs> I mean, there, 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 there has to be a point where a CEO has a statement as we ain't changing a damn thing. Deal with it. Buy it. Don't buy it. We don't care. You know, I, I thought all that madness was over. I, uh, I really, at, at least last year, I thought that was all part of the COVID and the civil unrest or the social unrest of 2020. I, I never, I, I have not actually noticed any real pressure to change the name. Like I felt it with the Washington Redskins because, you know, I, I, that is a larger issue based on pressuring Daniel Snyder out of there. So that, that was part of an agenda. But these other household products, like, you know, when I go to the market or when I see a supermarket, I don't see a group of Native Indians setting up shop uh, protesting Land O'Lakes. I really, I don't think it really matters. There's actually Chicago Blackhawks. Right, or the Kansas City Chiefs. Hey, let me ask you this. Did you know there was a product called Thug Kitchen? Thug? Thug Kitchen. Wow, what's it do? Does it hurt you? No, no. I guess it's like for your kitchen products. I, I have no idea. I'm like, so what's going on there? This is what kills me, Sean or, or Steve. Me and Sean were talking about this last night. That right there, we're gonna cancel Land Lakes, but this is okay. Let's put a mic mm-hmm. penis in a kid's face, and this is okay. Like, that's okay, though. Let's not cancel that shit. All part of the cultural decay of this once fine country. And, it, and it's a shame that we, a lot of people know that's wrong. They won't say a thing. They're afraid to get canceled. Um, and those in charge are not only placating it, they're advocating for it. I don't see how in what way that is healthy. Either, either vision that you just showed. Um, I'll tell you what's sick about that first picture that you showed. Parents are willingly taking their young toddlers to this stuff. I know, and I, know. I don't. I don't even care if adults like it. I really don't. I know. It's not for me. It may not be for you. But as a consulting or consenting adult above the age of eighteen, uh, your picadillos are your choice. But to, to indoctrinate young children into that type of degenerate lifestyle, I know people are going to hate me saying that, that there's something very sick about that. Now, the other thing is now I, I'm, I'm assuming that lady that was twerking in front of that toddler is related to that little child. And you're going to wonder why that child's going to be like a baby mother or father. I don't know the gender of that little kid is at age 12. There you go. That's why, because you started that. That is sick. That is absolute sickness. Hey, it doesn't shock me for this. I I shared this a minute ago before you came on. In Kansas, of all places, fucking shocker to me, uh, a dog shoots and kills his owner. So apparently the guy had the gun laying in the back seat. The dog walked in the back seat. He was sitting in in the shotgun literally sitting shotgun and got killed by a shotgun from his dog. 
His dog stepped on the trigger and went through and shot the guy in his seat. Jeez. I don't see that happening in Compton. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that brings new meaning to the term do uh, dog the bounty hunter. But, uh, yeah, got safety first, I guess. I don't, I'm just waiting for all the anti-Second Amendment zealots to speak up about it. But, uh, hey, how wow. does dog the bounty hunter still have a job? I thought he said some shit and got all fucking controversial. And yeah, his services are needed. His services are needed. I mean, yeah, he, they, couldn't find, he couldn't find the rapist cat or whatever his name was. He couldn't find the main guy. Yeah, he's, I guess he's, I actually watched that show uh, for a couple of seasons. It really kind of pulled back the veil of that outside of the tourist spot in Hawaii. Hawaii has a lot of issues with drug use, uh, you know, a lot of crime. It's and LA. Like, it's downtown LA is what it looks like. Yeah, but with palm trees and mangoes and a lot more pineapples and beaches. But it, it was surprising because I knew a fighter from Hawaii. His name is Brian Valoria. Very good fighter. He's now a trainer, won multiple world titles. I actually went to one of his fights in uh, Hawaii back in 2009. And we drove around after the fight, spent some time with him and his family. And years later, I, when I watched Bounty Hunter, I talked to him about it. And he goes, oh, yeah, Steve. He goes, the area that I grew up was like middle class. It's nice. But other areas of the islands, you don't want to be there. It's just like any other it's like any other ghetto that you talk about on the mainland and there's a lot of issues with the ice the whatever drug that was yeah it's called ice they started yeah ice yes and so that's a huge thing and he goes Steve people only know about the Honolulu parts the uh, I mean whatever islands are Oahu right that you he goes you guys only know about the stuff you see on TV Hawaii 50 the television shows and the touristy things you don't actually know the real Hawaii, which I thought was pretty interesting. Let me ask you something. Um, I'm taking heat from all the young NFL players. I just had Braden Fajoko on, who's in the NFL right now, and he said, basically, this is a different game, and he would have been pissed at Diggs for not I mean, He just sticks that big right hand out. It doesn't stick. Then it hits him in the face mask, <laughs> and then he knows. Uh, all those young NFL players that have a – problem with your statement i have a question did anyone play for the cowboys because if, if Diggs actually just does his no we're not asking him to be jack tatum here just make a little bit of contact so george kittle doesn't make that great play let's be honest there's probably guys in that locker room and you've been yes. in those things where guys are pissed off they're on on taping themselves taking off their they're probably looking at Diggs. i i'm just telling you there has to be a couple guys looking at him with the side eye going this guy I mean, Steve, I mean, really, real, real, real honestly. That here, hit's coming. I want to know. That hit's coming. Why can't. Then it hits him in the face mask. <laughs> why can't I punch my arm right there and get the ball? Like, just give me the ball. Like, this is not a hard play. Coach, the real question is why didn't he? He made a business decision to go fishing. With Kenny Smith and Charles Barkley. Right. I, I mean, I don't see how what NFL players Buffalo. Hold on. What NFL players have an issue with your criticism of that play? In a game that is so close, I believe the score at that time was nine nine. That was part of that drive where they went ahead sixteen nine. Yes. You there? Oh, are we back? Yeah, you hear me? Woo, wow, I, I got a little bit scared. I thought your AOL time ran out. 
I think it was on your end this time. I was so. I was scared. I was like, "Oh shit, you can't be joking me!" Every I time was like, well, I, I lose internet. Yeah, so I don't understand which NFL players are having an issue with that. Some guy that played for the Cardinals a couple years ago. He, he he's he's you know he's he's talking shit on Twitter, and I had to like, what's he saying? Oh, just you know. You gonna pay us twenty five thousand dollar fine? I said no. You know what they did when I played? We chipped in. Everybody chipped in because you know why? We wanted to win a Super Bowl, not worry Hold about twenty five k. If we went around on defense and everybody put five grand in, guess what? Nobody pays. See, this is what I hate. Um, to that player, I'd say, well, then literally, I would turn down every tackle because right. of the way they officiate. I could say, well, I'm not paying that fine. What? What? That guy right there is part of the problem that Cliff Kingsbury had. He had too many guys like that. Yes. And honestly, he, yes. I, 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 I wish I would actually tell myself if I'm a coach, that guy's going to be a liability. Because if that's what he's thinking about in a game of that caliber, look, maybe in the preseason, you turn that hit down. I get it. You're in the NFL playoffs. You're in the Super Bowl tournament. That's the first thing on your mind is a $25,000 fine. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Let me ask you this. Um, did Drake fuck this picture up for Kobe? <laughs> hey, that's uh, Drake, huh? Okay. okay. Yeah, that's Drake, apparently. Well, I, here's what probably happened. Depending on if that shot was missed or made, Drake would ride with, the, with whoever made the shot. Or defended oh, guarantee, guarantee. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen Phil Jackson come out and say, uh, basically, you guys are, are worried about breaking records and shit over wins, and you guys have two of the greatest players, and you can't figure it out, and basically saying, like, this is you got to end the media curse because you guys are just chasing records right now while you guys wow. are Wow, Phil. 16 seed. Phil already had the LeBron groupies. Very heated years ago when he called his group the posse. This right here, they, they may try to cancel Phil Jackson, big chief triangle after that. But he's absolutely right. You know, it's funny. There was this uh, a thing a couple nights ago. He scored 48 points. They get blown out by the Clippers. And LeBron's like this. like Ugh. I know. Like, I, I'm carrying this all by myself. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, that might be true. Here's the inconvenient truth as I go Al Gore. He put that team around him, okay? There's a reason why that team's not very good. That's because the GM put that squad together. There is no sympathy here. He's going to stat pad. He's going to break an incredible record. No one's going to care, or, or very little people are going to care. It's a great record, but he's done the impossible, coach. He's made the Lakers irrelevant in Southern California. Our city has never cared this little about that team. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, people don't realize that. Uh, going back to that that Diggs missed hit, you know what the problem is, though? Well, mediocre, mediocrity is the new excellence, number one. But, no, I haven't heard anyone really, really tripping on that he just didn't hit him at all. He ran by him. No, I haven't heard any players. I haven't heard anybody – that is the problem, Steve. Nobody you know why, He missed a hit, and he's he's okay, man. He's gonna make his ten million. He's gonna go off and, and and with his brother and be another bitch made cat in Buffalo. Like, I'm just confused. 
Why isn't no one else tripping about this? You know That's why, though? The, the NFL commentators and the media, they are conditioned now to be very afraid or to not endorse the physical nature and the violent collisions in the sport. Because in my view, there would have been there would have been a time and place where the announcer says, that guy's got to get that ball out of there. You got to break up that play. You got to make physical contact. But every time there's a bad injury, like a DeMar Hamlin situation or another one, it's almost like everyone has to like clutch, clutch their pearls and say, this is the danger of football. And almost like guilt people into, why are we watching this? No, I know why I'm watching it because I love the game, just like I like boxing. And no matter what happens, I'm always going to watch it. And I think we have to be more honest about it. Everybody knows what they are getting into. It's an unfortunate uh, part of this particular game. But nobody that I know of is forced to be a fighter. And nobody is really forced to be a football player. Sure, you might have parents that will sign you up and maybe you don't want to play. But at a certain point, you could just walk away from the sport. Everybody knows what they're going into. And I said this on Whitlock's show. Everyone that, that, that signs up to be a coal miner, which is an incredibly tough way to make a living. You get black lung. You may get blown up in a mine shaft and never come out. But you know what? When they sign up for that job, they understand the risks they are taking. And you know what's funny? We don't ever feel sorry for them when a mine blows up. No doubt. I, I don't get it. Well, they get trapped by dirt, right? Right. A uh, couple of controversial things I want to talk about. You know more than I do into this world because I don't dabble into it. The Tony Dungy deal. Um, can you explain it? Because I don't know anything about it. I've I've had to almost cuss Tony Dungy out myself, so I don't really give a <laughs> shit. He came after me on Twitter one day. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the fucking devil when I went after Tony Dungy, of course. Um, and I said, I said, uh, respectively, coach, I gotta be honest. You didn't coach Juco. Yeah. So shut the fuck up. That's really what I said. But, uh, anyway, what, what did he do? Well, Tony Dungy, I took, took some stances against abortion, uh, and things of that nature, which, which have really, you see, there's a pressure on certain minority groups that either you support that or you're a sellout. And, I don't think this group understands they're being used as political and cultural pawns. And I give Tony Dungy credit for to have enough guts to say, no, 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 I, I believe in life. I believe in pro-life. I'm not down with this, and I'm going to show my support. And I guess it was a big rally. But just think about that. You get heat for disagreeing with Tony Dungy about a football issue or something related well, no, to football. I never, I never thought he came after me and said, right. Uh, I've been coaching my whole life. I've never had to cuss at my players. I said, well, you didn't coach Zuko. Respect. Right. <laughs> right. And and believe me, if, if Tony Dungy had to coach a Juco or go to Bethune-Cookman, he'd probably be an atheist and cussing like Bobby Knight. That's the truth. But or the other thing is. You never would have heard of him. Right. And the other thing is, because Tony Dungy has enough guts to put his name behind it and show up, all these hit pieces came about because he did not fit or would not submit to that highly liberal agenda. Now, whether you agree or disagree, I don't really care. But Tony Dungy has the right to have his own beliefs. 
And I give him credit, though, because most of these guys and most of those jobs that are tied into the corporate legacy media, you're not even allowed to state that stuff at all. Trust me, I went through it during my short stint at ESPN. If you retweet a Thomas Sowell or someone else, or you tweet someone else kind of saying, what are these protests and taking a knee really do? Trust me, you hear it from the higher ups. You're not allowed to state that opinion. However, if you say stuff like, I support this type of lifestyle, or hey, um, let the buildings burn, there's white supremacy, they don't say a word. It's the most maddening thing that really there is no true First Amendment at these jobs. And I, I again, I admire Tony Dungy for saying, this is my square, I'm going to stand on it, that's my name, I'm going to show up, and that's what I believe. That alone, whether you agree or disagree, I think is a true act of courage. Okay, let's go. Uh, I, I agree. I think you should be able to say whatever the hell you want to say. Last time I checked, we're supposed yeah. to have freedom of speech. I don't know. Um, and I, I didn't know everything you said. You got, you know, you got basically castrated over it nowadays because social media is so convenient for everybody to jump on and tweet. Um, let me ask you this. Uh I don't know what's going on with the whole Hamlin thing either. I've been out the loop on that. Uh, so there's a, I've, I've seen a million videos that he ain't the guy. He's freaking yeah. it. Josh Allen came out on a podcast and said, listen, he was in the locker room before the game and after the game. That is his swag. He wears that type of shit as his swag. So are we to believe that Josh Allen's being told to cover this up? overall contrary to belief on everyone else's thinking that this guy's really not here with us and he's a body double floating around here. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know about all that, but Josh Allen has really leaned into this. Um, here's, here's the thing that I, I said on fearless a couple days ago with as big a deal as this story has been with as much national attention as is it garnered. I did find it odd, and I'm not making accusations that there's a body double or anything of that nature, but you're telling me CBS couldn't get a two-minute interview with him so that DeMar Hamlin could say, I want to thank everybody. It's great to be here. I'm feeling better. Or if he felt even better, have him be one of the team captains. We've seen the ceremonial team captains, guys that never play, shake hands with the other team, call heads or tails, get the crowd riled up. I I thought that was kind of odd. Just to be honest with you. I'm not a doctor. My mom is. Uh, I've had a conversation uh, recently, and I said, uh, what's going on here? She said, listen, number one, I've never known CPR to take nine minutes and a person come out of it. After about two minutes, you're already becoming very, very vegetative. After four minutes, your brain is basically mush. So nine minutes, I'm shocked in all this when it came out that this guy got up and walked out of the hospital. My mom said that. Yeah. Didn't they do that AED machine? I, I saw something on HBO Real Sports, which I, I boycotted for a couple of years. They they went so woke. I said, I'm done. I, I'm starting to give it a that, shot. Uh, about the high school kid that died, the 16-year-old soccer player? Yeah, they, they did a whole story on sudden cardiac arrest among high school athletes and how this AED machine that can kind of pump life back into your body. Hey, before um, before you mention that, do you? I want to make sure everyone's clear on this whole. You know, I 
I don't get, I don't want to get into the, 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 the jab and, and, and the sudden cardiac arrest we're seeing and the Mardikarotis and all this. But I do want to make sure everyone clear, especially in soccer, 16 to 24-year-olds has been an issue, my mom's told me, since forever. And they die of sudden cardiac arrest, and they've been dying at an alt- for, for since the 60s. So she was like, make sure we're pointing this out because the heart doesn't, it doesn't expand with the body as far as you do biceps, your, your bicep, if you do curls, your biceps start to get bigger at 14, 15, 16. Your heart does not. So when your heart is not really ready and you give it a lot of uh, extracurricular activity, a lot, a lot of youth, a lot of young cats have been passing away from cardiac arrest since the beginning of time, according to a few people I've talked to. So it's not just all of a sudden happening. Again, she thinks it's social media, cameras, more people see it now and know about it and hear about it when it's really been happening well before technology uh, arrived. So she wanted I wanted to clear that. I wanted to just say that. Now, um, having said that, I saw that piece you're talking about, the 16-year-old kid. They didn't have the AED on staff. We had to go through it when I was coaching high school. They had to let us know where they were on all times. Nobody on that campus knew where one was. There was one 50 feet away right there in the gym, apparently, um, that could have saved this kid. Um, I, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, so I, I just thought, okay. I think they, cause they, they did mention DeMar Hamlin and how the quick action may have saved his life. But, again, I mean, we are now about, what, three, four weeks from that terrible incident, if he is doing well and he's able to function, and I see social media posts of him standing by murals, why haven't they done a press conference to at least address a few questions like, do I want to play again? How do I feel? What are my future plans? All right, let me let me stop you right there. Keep your thoughts. This is the second part my mom told me. If he didn't make this miracle comeback out of the nine-minute CPR issue without oxygen to his brain and et cetera, let's just say, okay, he's a miracle guy. The second part is, my mom thinks, if so, there's no possible humanly way that he is fully functional and able to speak without any impediment or any type of issue neurologically or just oxygenated. He's not very well oxygenated. He's got to be on some type of oxygen. He, he, she thinks the other issue could be keeping him away from speaking because he can't speak. Okay. So that's another possibility. Now, I, I don't know. Keep, go, keep going. I'm I mean, yeah, well, they've been vague about this, you know? So <laughs> on one hand, they're telling us this is the greatest, most inspirational feel-good story of the century but then they are sequestering him. So that, so we don't have, outside of the, the Buffalo Bills who say they FaceTimed him, he was uh, Zoomed in, I think, during one of their meetings a couple weeks ago. He showed up to the game. There was an image of him in a, in a luxury suite, waving at the crowd. People are doubting, is that him or is it Memorex? <laughs> I don't, you know, but we haven't really, it's been interesting. On one hand, they've really pushed the story, but they've also been very, very hesitant to really show him or let him communicate with the public outside of his social media. I'll just leave it at that. 
Yeah, I, I'm not going to get into conspiracy and all that. I, I, I've seen pictures of he, now all of a sudden he's light skin. The other picture, he's dark. Oh, that can be a filter. That he's, can be a he's filter. Got dread, he's got braids and dreads on one, and he's bald headed on the other. Like, it's like everyone's like sending me this shit, like, man, it's a bad cover up. He don't even have dreads no more. Blah, blah, blah. I say, well, fuck, I don't know what happened. Maybe they had to cut his hair off. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really care either. Well, like, the real Damar Hamlin, please stand up. Please stand up. Hey, you know what's crazy? I, a guy sends me this thing on Twitter, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually this guy told me in public. He's like, "Oh man, you don't know Demar Hamlin and Kobe Bryant. They're they're doing this new thing." And I said, "What? What, what did you just say?" Oh, Lamar Hamlin and Kobe Bryant because they're throwing up threes, which is supposedly the Illuminati. And I'm like, "Get the!" I said, "I'm so tired of hearing this shit, man." Yeah, let me guess. And they're also going to the Elvis concert after their karate lessons with Bruce Lee. I, I okay. I'm, I, and I Biggie won't... and Tupac are sitting there singing "Fucking Dear Mama." Yeah, so I, I'm not buying that one. <laughs> All right, let's get into football. Coach of the year, who you got? You know, I kind of with you. It should be based on. What was the overall job? I mean, if Sirianni closes it out with two more wins, I, he'd be my coach of the year. But the way the the award is crafted, it's about who gets the most out of the least, like who exceeds their expectations. I think Brian Dable. Honestly, if that's if, if we go by that standard of what we thought the Giants were, what they were going to do, and not only do they make the playoffs, but they win a game. I think it's them. I, Dable did a hell of a job of rescuing Daniel Jones and bringing some life into that franchise. Now, they're going to have to get some help on the outside for whoever their quarterback is. They have a decision on Saquon Barkley. But you get the sense that with Dable, they're in very good hands in New York. All right, let me ask you. To stop the mediocrity is excellence controversy that I believe in, Dable being named head or coach of the year is going to set us back <laughs> because he lost three times to Sirianni and got blown out in the playoffs. And if we don't give it to the man that beat you three times, what are we really saying about America? Are we giving everybody a trophy? Right. But look, how many times did Phil Jackson or Pat Riley, when they won championships, when the coach of the year, I'm just the coach of the year is generally about, and again, I'm not saying it's wrong or right, but this is the standard. It is about who gets more out of the least. Because the expectation is, look, if you have an elite team, you're supposed to win 12 to 13 to 14 games and at least go to the title game, right? Um, the guys that could bring a team or squad that only won three, four, five games to 9, 10, 11, See, you can make an argument. What's the better job of coaching? Is it maintaining the elite standard or elevating it? So let's right because look- that, yeah. that means that how many times has Nick Saban been coach of the year or Kirby Smart? I know because it's a right. soft, just like MVP. It's a popularity vote. It's not a true outcome re- a vote. Like it's not a result oriented vote anymore. It's not. Let's wait till the season's over and vote. For MVP, yeah. for Coach of the Year, for Rookie of the Year. Like, we don't do that, and it's just a popularity vote, just like the NBA All-Star selection. It, it's a joke. But let me ask you this. Pete Carroll, I think, did an amazing job as a GM and head coach doing what he did with Geno. 
I think he's in a is in the discussion. Zach Taylor doesn't get enough credit. He's on the verge of going back to his second Super Bowl in a row with a Cincinnati Bengal team who was hasn't been thought of since the eighties. You have Doug Peterson who did who had to resurrect a franchise after Urban Meyer fingered a booty hole in a bar and ruined that whole culture. Those guys, along with Andy Reid, who just don't get enough credit for what he does by carrying the baby Mahomes everywhere he goes, <laughs> we just expect him to be there every year now. He deserves some credibility for being there every year. You know, we don't look at it that way no more, Steve. We just say, oh, you know what? Brian Dable did a hell of a job, which I predicted he would. Uh, Doug Peterson's done a hell of a job. We don't talk about Zach, Sirianni, and Andy Reid for being here every year. Andy Reid might be the guy. Because look at this. Everyone thought without Tyree Kill that his offense, that system, would falter. You know what? It was a little bit different, but it wasn't worse. And in many respects, it was actually kind of more efficient, more effective. Uh, I know Patrick Mahomes still maddens you because he throws the ball late, but I thought there were a lot of games where it, they didn't rely on Mahomes necessarily playing Superman. And look at his numbers. Mahomes might actually be the MVP again based on the numbers. And for, for Andy Reid to lose an impact player like Tyreek Hill and to, to plug and play a Juju Schuster, uh, Kadarius Tony looks like a real weapon now, right? Uh, Pacheco, young man out of Rutgers. He has put in new parts, and that machine keeps rolling. That that That's coaching. That's coaching right there. That is Sean a lot McDermott, to do with Andy Reid. Sean McDermott, this should be castration. You should never be on this list, Sean McDermott. Like, <laughs> why is he on that list? That... That right there should be Zach Taylor, Andy Reid, Pete Carroll, any one of those guys. Yeah, I would put, I would argue MD, MCDC over him. Yeah, Sean, look, I like the Bills. I thought for much of the year they had as good a roster as anybody. But down the stretch, the last two months, they really were not that good. All right, and, all right, time out. I got I to – you, you, you get to listen to some football guys talk on the weekends at my house while we play poker yeah. and smoke cigars. Is Von Miller more valuable to that team than Josh Allen? <laughs> yes, he is. You know why? Because Josh Allen couldn't elevate his team to get a victory. He arguably should have lost to Miami well, with a I, quarterback. He I arguably think... should have lost to Miami. Well, hold on. He hold got on, blown though. out. Wait a minute, though. But if you take Josh Allen off that team, what's Buffalo? I, it's a little bit different. Look, Von Miller was brought it looks in. Like they're the same team without Von Miller. That's true. I look. I don't disagree. Look, without Von Miller, they did not have that ultimate edge rusher, and that's what he was brought in for. He was brought in for December, January, and the first or second week of February. And once he went down, I said, "Uh oh, uh oh." And, and then the play of Josh Allen, I got into some. Trouble with the fans is how can you call Josh Allen overrated like I did? Here's my view. Josh Allen is still very much an upper-level quarterback. But based on the expectations that I've had of him and his physical ability, I think he regressed this year. He was a bit of a turnover machine. And, and from that thumb injury, 
He had against the Jets. There were some mechanical issues. He sailed a lot of passes. And Buffalo has to really address this. They got to run the ball a little bit more effectively. And Ken Dorsey, first year as a coordinator, I thought he got a little bit too pass happy. And they're going to have to address the run game. I'm just not a fan of making your quarterback play Superman all the time. And Josh Allen does not hit enough routine passes at an elite level, like a Tom Brady. Tom Brady sees an open pass. That's getting to be thrown open or completed 95% of the time. Too many times with Josh Allen, he'll make the unbelievable, spectacular play, and he'll miss too many of the routine ones. So Josh Allen, to me, as gifted as he is, he is still at that point, I I believe, he's still a little bit better athlete than he is an actual quarterback. Here's one thing that maddens me, Coach. I am getting sick and tired of these pundits on the on these various shows just absolutely saying, pay that man Barkley, Saquon Barkley, like they're acting as his agent. And, I, and these are the exact same guys who said to Jerry Jones, pay Dak, like they're almost leveraging it. In four, how'd that work out? How, how did that work out, paying Dak that much? I don't, I, 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 I've been saying this, though. When I... I I was actually talking to Brandon Jacobs yesterday and Eddie George about this. They said that they're too scared to do it with a quarterback. They will do it with a running back in a heartbeat. They'll do it with a receiver. Right, because they're expendable. They are. The Titans, look at Brandon Jacobs made a good point. He's like, look at what the Titans did. They got rid of A.J. Brown because they knew that Tannehill wasn't their guy in the long term, so they had to make some roster decisions, cut A.J. Brown, but now they're going to have to get two wideouts in there and a quarterback. Yeah. So it's like, when are they going to when are they going to pull that trigger with the Kyler Murrays, the Dak Prescotts, the Lamar Jacksons, and say, you know what, we can win with Cooper Rush, Taylor Heineke, and fucking Geno Smith? Like, that's what you got to kind of look at. I'm like, I don't know. Interesting. Uh, have you seen this uh, Ed Reed calling out Shannon Sharp? I did. I saw it last night. So what do you think about it's your guy? I'm talking you know, to you, Shay Shay. Get out the club, Shay Shay, and talk to me. Call me. Ask me. Ask me. And I tweeted at you, and I called you that, because I need you to come out. What do you call him? You understand? This ain't focusing on negativity. But I need him to call me. See, he's a Hall of Famer. I'm a Hall of Famer. Put the Hennessy down and come holler at me. You want to yell across? You want to yell across the court at basketball players? I'm yelling across IG, straight up, because you got your story wrong. You got your story wrong, and I know you like to fix it because you you on that fence, you dig? So come get the truth. Because these youngsters are out here hurting, and one of them used to be you. But now that you made it, don't forget where you came from. What, what, what happened? I believe Shannon Sharp said some things on his show that Ed took exception to. Um, so this is interesting. I, I actually think Ed is delivering the right message. I don't know if he's delivering it always the right way. Um, that there was pretty measured. I've seen some other clips where Ed is very, I wouldn't say volatile. I think that's the wrong word. 
but he's very emotional about it, which I, I, I get, but I think there comes a top point in time. You have to be very measured in your approach, almost to a point of being clinical. And so I, I just find it interesting. I don't know if Ed Reed ever wants to coach again. Um, I do find it interesting, though. A lot of the students that don't play football at Bethune-Cookman, they're all in on Ed Reed. Have you seen some of those pictures of those living conditions at that university? Oh, God. Hey, they're blasting the president right now. They should. I mean, I, I don't think you've shown some living conditions at Compton College. I wish I could have shown some of the shit that I've gone through. Like, I wish I – like, I have no compassion for these guys. For, this is the reason why, Steve. Dion and Ed are very, very uh, catered to not their upbringing, not coming up for how they were, probably broke, single family. I don't know. All I do know is they went to Miami and Florida State, respectively. They had decent facilities, if not some of the best at the time. And now they went to the NFL, again, catered to. They carried their luggage for them. They got on the private jets. Now they got to come in and grind from ground level. And the bottom line is, Steve, there's more Bethune-Cookmans out there than there are University of Miami's as far as the facilities, as far as the make, the, 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 the uh, foundation, as far as the makeup and, and everything else. There's more Compton colleges and independence community colleges that have no weight room, no, no study hall, no coaches' offices, no uh, locker room than there are Miami's and Florida State's. I don't believe they understand that, or I don't think they'd be bitching. I think they'd say, you know what, let's nut up and go build this. There's no greater feeling after you've done something like that and win, like I did at Independence with no nothing. I built everything and won. There's no greater feeling than that. I don't care what anyone says, but I wasn't going to bitch about the facilities. I was going to go build them. I'm like, fuck it. Let's, yeah. let's go. I'm not going to well, leave the kids, though, that I recruited there. I'm not going to leave them over a fucking some trash. To put into this, well, here's the issue. Uh, that's something that's very near and dear to Ed Reed's heart. He had this interview with Joe Buck, I think it was about a decade ago. It may have been his last year in Baltimore before he retired or actually played another year or two. He had a real issue with his teammates not putting away their socks, their underwears, and their jock strap and throwing their tape in the trash. And he said to his teammates, hey, guys, we are grown men. If you cannot put your tape and gauze into a trash can and your underwear into the laundry hamper and you let another person do that, you ought to be ashamed of yourself because if you can't do that little thing, we will never win as big as we want. Put your doggone trash and your debris where it belongs and have a little respect for yourself and your surroundings. So that's big with them. To put this in the full context of what happened at Bethune-Cookman, I'm assuming that he may have had discussions with the higher-ups, like, hey, this ain't great. I mean, I already walked into his new office, and it was just a mess. You don't even clean that man's office on his first day? We're not, I'm not saying it has to look like a Fortune 500 CEO's corner office, but you don't even clean it at all. The other thing is, he actually had another video, which was much more positive, where he said, hey, look, all of us athletes, we're getting together. We're going to make this place better. We're going to clean this up step-by-step. One person at a time. It was very positive. Then he got angry. And that's where he, he may have missed. Look, if you are representing an academic institution, it's generally not a great idea to go on IG Live and start lacing 
profanity. profanity. I, I that's when I get it. He's a football coach. I personally would have just said, Ed, come here. All right, let's not do that. But okay, let me work on it. I would not have reacted like that. But once Ed started going off a little bit, it probably didn't play well into the upper reaches of the Bethune-Cookman administration. But I I, I do think it's, it's, it's an issue because as, as you look at that video, you're like, and I know they had a hurricane. There's some issues there. But Ed's personal belief is have a little pride. Look, you could talk about systemic racism, lack of funding. You could talk about all that thing. But coach, I don't, and I, this is where I completely agree with Ed. You could pick up your own trash. You could put it in the right place. You could put things away. Is that is that really too much to ask? But with that said, I think Ed should have had a more measured approach to his message. I will say that. This is where I go pre that. I, I gotta I gotta be honest. I've never seen someone take a job and say, all right, we're gonna agree to 25 days, no contract, no pay, no nothing. Yeah. And in 25 days, you could fire me or I'll keep the job. Fuck, what are we doing? Are you gonna take a yeah. job at Walmart for 25 days without pay or a contract? No. Like I'm confused as to what Ed Reed's discussion was and why you took the yeah. job. There was no contract. No, 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 you're not the head coach. What are you? Like, how do you become an interim head coach? <laughs> he was and the head groundskeeper for a couple of days. Interim head coach from nowhere. Like, interim means replacing the head coach with a current staff member by definition. Ed Reed wasn't there. How do you hire an interim coach off the street? Like, it doesn't even make sense. Yeah, and by the way, you know, Bethune Cookman's had three straight interim school presidents. I'm like, well, yeah. you are walking into one there. <laughs> yeah, Steve. We got to do a little better research before we take the fucking job. Yeah, and it just like, it is what it is. It's really unfortunate. And someone needed to tell Ed, Ed, your message will resonate. We agree with it. But the way you deliver it, there, there is time for fire and brimstone. There's also time to be very, very monotone and to get the point across with calm and serenity. And I don't know if he's really, but again, he's a passionate guy. I mean, what he's iconic for uh, to a lot of Miami fans, it's become an all time mean in 2001, they're playing at Florida state and they start scuffling a little bit. They were blowing them out. Florida state scores the last two touchdowns. They're up 21, 13 at the half. Ed Reed's shoulders coming off his bone on the, there's actually footage of it. And so as the team gets ready to go out, you know Larry Coker ain't going to say a thing that anyone cares about, right, Kim? So the last thing he says, he goes, look, Joaquin said dominate. We're not dominant. I don't give up give my shoulder. I don't want to hear anything about my shoulder. Joaquin said dominate. I'm hurt, dog. And he just walked out, and the team just blew him out the second half. That's what he's best known for. That's what he is. He's a football player. But Ed has to realize that – uh, being a football, you probably know that you're part of the administration also. You can't always act like a player. It's a different job. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, I got to ask you this before you get out of here. Um, I got to get ready to go to Vegas as well, going to the East-West yeah. Ryan game. Uh, Shanahan, uh, he's up for coach of the year. Um, I got to ask you, after the Bills debacle, they're the first team in NFL history to be odds-on Super Bowl favorite that did not even make their AFC championship game or their respective conference title game. Why is he not on the hot seat 
Well, well, he is. Apparently, he's starting to take some heat. He's been there a couple years in a row. He's rebuilt his franchise, but he can't get over the hump. So now everyone comes out, you know, that, that knows more football than everyone else because they work at Walmart. They think he should be fired. I have a take that I believe if Shanahan don't win, he should be on the same discussion board because he's been to four out of five. He's choked a Super Bowl off, 28-3 lead as a, as a, as a play caller. He's also yeah. took off another Super Bowl, we can argue, in 49, in Frisco as a head coach. I want to know why he isn't getting more flack if he well, don't win this one coming up. Because, again, he's underachieved with a hell of a yeah, loss. Yeah, but wait a minute. Wait. He, he's, uh, he's in the NFC title game with a third-string Mr. Irrelevant rookie quarterback. Okay, but what my point is, it leads to before this. He's been to four or five and yet to get a Super Bowl. What What about those excuses? Well, now, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. The one healthy year with Jimmy Garoppolo, a couple of them, they went to a Super Bowl. They were up 10 halfway through, then that thing imploded. All right. The next year, I think they were injury ravaged. Last year, they went to the NFC title game, and they were up 10 in the second half, and the offense bogged down. So maybe that's on him, okay? Here's the issue. If you get rid of Shanahan, which I don't think there's any chance of it. I really like him. I think he's done an excellent job for the most part. Who do you get that's better? No, I don't I don't believe firing him is the answer. I'm not saying that. All yeah. I'm asking is no, why no. is he not gonna get the same heat McDermott? No, well he should. But but because he's playing with Brock Purdy and not what you'd consider an elite quarterback. I think he does a hell of a job. No question. I think he's the second best play caller for what right. he does with his personnel behind Andy Reid right now left. And uh, you know, there'd be a lot more heat if he had like an upper level top five quarterback. Because let's yeah. face it, Garoppolo was kind of a protected system guy. Um, Brock Purdy, we don't know what his actual ceiling is. But to get this team that far, when Trey Lance, who was never going to be ready, I think that was a blessing in disguise. I hate to say it, but it's the truth. Garoppolo, look, be honest, Coach. Don't you think Purdy's better than Garoppolo right now? Would you say yes or no? Agree or disagree? He fits the system right now better because of what he can do ad lib. Right. And I think some of that has to do with the way they call the game, the way they scheme it up. But I'll give Purdy credit. In that second half, he had about three or four throws on third down where I'm like, hmm, that took some guts. That took some guts what he did and how they called it. And, and to navigate that young man and to say, you know what, we're not going to put handcuffs on you. Because remember, that first game that Brock Purdy played where he came in out of the bullpen, they threw the ball 38 times. That, that to me, was telling. I don't care if it's 37 bubble screens. You're still putting that ball in that guy's hand saying, you know what, go ahead, win us the game, or at least just don't game manage us into oblivion here. If, see, if, if Shanahan had an elite quarterback, and they had a seven-year run where they never ran, uh, won it like McDermott with Josh Allen, there would be more heat. That's what I think it is, Coach. But within a year or two, let's say Brock Purdy is that guy. Let's say he locks down the job, and he's actually pretty good. No pun intended. In three, four years, if they still haven't won it, and they still have Bosa, McCaffrey, and Kittle, yes, there will be heat. There will be heat. 
I don't think McCaffrey plays that long. I don't think he's going to be – he's not durable enough. Just like Saquon Barkley, I wouldn't pay Saquon Barkley uh, over $12 million. Neither would I. Neither I, would I, all these guys that scream about, pay that man, pay that man. I, You know, it, it's like spending other people's money. It's like that old joke about, oh, yes. I'm having minor heart surgery. Yes. Yeah, it's minor when you have it. When I have it, trust me, it's the most important thing in my life, and I have to live with the ramifications. There's nothing minor when you're having a heart surgery. I agree with that. Great, great analogy. It's like it's like the guy leaning on your car, right? Yeah, I'm just leaning on my car. Yeah, my car, not hey, your motherfucker. Whose yeah. car is that? Why are you leaning on my car? Yeah. I'm gonna go jump on your fucking hood now. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> people don't get it until you fucking actually have to show them, like, oh shit. I damn, I, my bad. Well, no, it's not your bad. You think it's cool, but you know, it's just perception's reality dog perception's reality i i don't know i mean that's just what i think um who, who where is sean payton going Hom, it doesn't look like dallas certainly not going to be los angeles chargers hey i got something for you though i said to sean last night i like this idea cliff kingsbury to dallas and you get rid of mccarthy you make the D.C. the head coach and the young, soft play caller, Keenan, goes to Alabama. Hmm. He's not for the pros. He's too soft. He won't challenge yeah. Dak. He won't you challenge know, Dak. He's not a head coach. You know, I heard Sean say yesterday that Jerry Jones does not want a big-name coach because he wants control. That's been true for the most part. But keep this in mind. In the early 2000s, Jerry Jones did get the big tuna. He did let Bill Parcells coach that franchise for a few years. Parcells left them a very good team. By the time he left in 2007 and 8, they had, they had some real talent on that team for Wade Phillips. So... Post Jimmy Johnson, for the most part, you're right. He wants that very pliable assistant coach that's just grateful to have the job. But Bill Parcells was given that job. Keep that in mind. Now, I don't think – I get the sense McCarthy is safe. I think Jerry Jones has said it. I don't know which situation works best um, for Peyton. I think the obvious answer I thought was either the L.A. Chargers because of that roster and you have Herbert. And the Dallas Cowboys, because his familiarity with that city and that franchise and the fact they still have a lot of talent. Those other jobs that, that he's being rumored for, those are rebuilds. I, I Who knows? I don't really know if he wants to do a rebuild. I agree. I don't think – but I have heard some rumblings. I heard some rumblings about him going to the the Rams when McVay resigned, which I heard was a, was a mm. done deal if McVay did indeed leave. He threw a monkey wrench in it, and he stayed. So now Peyton's sitting there. Now I'm hearing um, from a very close personal friend that of of Peyton that uh, he's thinking about Carolina and taking Tom Brady with him. They have oh. a top five defense. They have the, probably the top three offensive line in football. People don't really understand how good they are up front on both sides of the football. They have a couple legit wideouts. Um. Tom Brady has to have something in place where you can go right into and win. That could be a situation. Uh, other than that, I think the Raiders are the only other option. 
Yeah, the you know, with, with Brady and Carolina, I don't see it. And by the way, I hope Steve Wilkes gets that job full-time. I don't know if they've made a determination on that. Wilkes did a really nice job last two and a half, three months post Oh, no doubt. I think they he's were, a coach somewhere. If he, don't, if, he, if he gets snubbed there, Houston Texans should call yeah. him right away. Yeah, because he's earned that job. He, he did a hell of a job. Um, four to the – Brady wants another ring. That's just the way he's wired. Miami Dolphins. How about that for Brady? I know he was at a school. Right. He's looking at schools there. I mean, everyone's going to take that as a that he's going to Miami. I, I'm going to tell you, I don't know if their O-line's good enough. I don't know if their defense is good enough. Their bottom half defense in the league last year. Um, now, wideout-wise and tight end-wise, Gosecki and all these guys, I mean, of course. He could air it out all over the place, and and I'm gonna tell you right now, he's not gonna underthrow anyone because he's gonna throw the ball so damn early, uh, which Tua don't do. So I can see that, um, but I don't see Tennessee. I don't see any of these other places because they don't have enough weapons for him. He has to go to a Miami, or a Raiders, or a Frisco, in my opinion. Yeah. That, I agree, and the other thing is Aaron Rodgers. I think I told Pat McAfee he's willing or amenable to a restructured contract. I find that interesting. So that that means he might actually return back to the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. That that would be a, a pretty monumental uh, upset uh, based on the way he was acting after that Detroit game a couple of weeks ago. Um, if I'm and- him, if I'm Aaron Rodgers though, I tell management. I want a number one wideout immediately, or I'm going to demand a trade. Well, then, well, here's the issue. Yeah, you had that guy. He's in he's in Las Vegas now. It's Devontae Adams. I, I, I never understood why they parted ways and why Aaron did not stand up, raise his hands. Ah, 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 ah. I want 17. Pay I him. I know. I that's where that's where Aaron has failed as a leader. That that yeah. some of that stuff is on him. I know? agree. I agree. I don't think he cares. When you make fifty million a year, I don't think you really give a shit about what's going on around you. Yeah, uh, I, I, I guess Iwaska, Iwaka, whatever fuck it is. I mean, he's an he's an odd guy. He he's a temperamental sort. He's a temperamental fella at Aaron Rodgers. What uh what you got going on the rest of the week? Are you watching the games? Sunday? Yeah, I got to do some stuff here this weekend, and I got to go to some fights on Friday and Saturday, so I'm kind of busy. Then I'll enjoy the uh, championship games. By the way, the championship games, in my view, are the best pure day of professional football, better than the Super Bowl, because it's not all the frills. It's not all the nonsense. It's just pure football, and it's like a great pay-per-view doubleheader with two championship fights of a high caliber. Uh, I think both games are very fascinating. I can't wait to just sit down and I got to get home late Saturday from the fight. I'm going to the YouTube theater. I never knew there was such a venue. It's actually connected within SoFi Stadium. So I'm looking forward to that. I, heard um, about- I cannot wait for your Super Bowl party. Yeah, I heard about the YouTube thing. Yeah, Super Bowl party after that. Oh. Go to Phoenix for Radio Row. I got to do a few uh, uh, appearances there. And I'm also... Oh, I cannot wait. That's going to be great. If Kansas City wins... I cannot wait for you to make appearances on every media outlet in Kansas City. Wow. That is going to be must-see, must-listen. Hey, I might need security. 
I mean, there there might be most wanted posters of you, Coach, with your logo on it, all over that city around Arrowhead Stadium. But that that's gonna be that's gonna be great to hear every Kansas City outlet ask you, how can you think? Patrick Mahomes is not the greatest thing since sliced bread. And you just bellow out everything you say to everyone. Oh, it's going to be great. <laughs> That's going to be great to listen to. Hey, I got I got Cincinnati winning big. Big? I think they're, I think Burrow's going to drop his nuts and say, you know what? I'm the motherfucker. And this you know is what they talked about, Coach. I'm I don't care up. if a guy can play a high ankle sprain. The only thing that really heals it is rest. Right. And with Mahomes' ability or willingness to run around and that stuff now is hindered by 90 percent. So he's going to have to really play on time inside the pocket and get rid of the ball early, which I actually think he did a decent job of last week. But if I'm Cincinnati, I, 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 how do you play this? Do you blitz him a lot? Or do you actually just lay back now and make him into a pocket passer? How would you approach that defensively? Man, I'm making his ass climb the pocket and make him throw the football and be uncomfortable because he can't ad-lib anymore. He can't escape and make left-handed shovel pass, underhand. Well, you're bringing heat. You're bringing a little bit more heat than usual. Yes. Since they don't have a Tyree kill, take your chances, even though we have Eli Apple out there. Take yes. your chances. Make them uncomfortable. See, that, that's the thing that was maddening last week about Tennessee. As soon as Mahomes suffered that injury, I tweeted out, bring heat. Bring. I, I thought they played Chad Henney so soft. I thought they made it easy on him, that 98-play drive. I would have leave. Hackett got hired as the Jets OC just now. What do you Who think? Who did? Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett. Okay. Good luck with that. Hey, it's a good old boy league. Who you know, what who you know, it's not what Oh you... God, really? I mean, you still have a quarterback issue, last I checked. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. That that that's a guy, every one of his paychecks, he should give a third of it to Aaron Rodgers. I'll just let's just put it like that. Hey, Sosa McDaniels to Brady. Yeah. You know. By the way, Bill O'Brien, I think, is going back to New England. I love that for Matt Jones. I, I think what they did to Matt Jones this year was very unfair. He regressed. I did not understand why Belichick, who's a brilliant football mind, decided that Matt Patricia was going to run my offense. That, that to me, was an abomination. Uh, Matt Jones now has a second chance at this. Maybe you're right. I mean, I like, I like it better. Who does Alabama take? Cliff Kingsbury? Do they go after who's Alabama going to target? Well, who knows if Kingsbury wants to coach, though? I mean, he probably has a big buyout. Um, working uh, yeah, for Saban. Uh, trade stock. He had some trades real big, is what I right. heard. Right. And, and now he's in Thailand having fun. I think, you know? he's, I think he's getting his dick sucked in Thailand from the back. Right. So I don't. I don't know if he even wants to coach. And Saban, look, Saban grinds his staff. That's part of the thing. You work hard. So who knows? Maybe Kingsbury, after a couple of years of Kyler Murray, wants no part of football. For By the way, I can't believe Arizona actually said, well, Kyler Murray is going to be part of this search for a new head. That's the last guy I'd be consulting. You know what? I want a guy that Kyler doesn't like. I, in fact, I want to hire a guy that Kyler hates so much he says, you know what? It's time to play baseball. That, 
That's what I would. I'd say, Kyler, who are the three guys that you don't want to play for? They would immediately go to the top of my list, and I'd say, okay, let's hope he plays baseball. You're going to reward that guy with a say in the process? That's ridiculous. Ah, man, it's so fucking screwed up. I don't know. There's so many. <laughs> it's going to be very interesting NFL offseason. I'm going to be honest. So It's always, by the way, I'm still seeing mock drafts with Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. You and you and Salisbury need to do a break. I'm just telling you, you guys are going to probably like need a barf bag. No, we're gonna guys- do that some college stuff. We're also gonna we're also in the process, Steve, of, of getting some old film and break and showing the differences between a cut up of Troy Aikman and a cut up of Patrick Mahomes. Or how about a hey, how about a cut? Hey, hey, coach, one last thing before I get out of here. When you look at Dak Prescott, and I've said this before, the difference between being an elite quarterback and just a pretty good one or an average one is really four or five throws a game. And if you look at Dak Prescott. Look at what he did. His two turnovers were absolute killers based on where they were on the field in the situation. Second interception was inside the red zone when they're about to take a 9-6 lead in a low-scoring game entering the first half, right? Here's the thing that just killed him. In that penultimate drive where you know he needed a touchdown, first play of the drive, he nearly gets a pick six to Greenlaw. Terrible throw. But this is the throw where I said this is where Dak struggles. He had Gallup on that deep post. Coach, Troy Aikman completes that pass with his left hand on one leg. That thing was open. By NFL standards, that should have been a 65-yard play, if not a house call. And Dak throws it to the wrong shoulder. And Gallup has to turn around. The ball's too high. Doesn't have the right amount of arc and velocity. That's the difference. Those are the money throws you always talk about, Coach, that a lot of guys can throw the bubble screen. They could throw the shuttle screen. They could throw the smoke screen, right? You got to make that throw. Hey, uh, That's the difference. You got to make that throw. Breaking news, Jesse Lemonier, uh, 25-year-old, played for the Lions, linebacker, played for the Chargers, uh, recently played in the XFL, 25 years old, dead. Ooh, oh, oh, whoa, any any known causes? Says no release of cause of death. Of course, they're not going to say that. So it's going to be another heart issue, and they're going to and there's going to be another deal. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey man, I appreciate you. I'm gonna uh, get out of here and uh, right. I'll have see a safe you trip. Weeks either way. Or I'll have see a safe you trip, brother. Next week on the show, but I'll, I'll see you either way in a couple yeah. weeks. Hopefully I'll get Whitlock out here for the yeah. team. All right, brother. Talk to you soon. All right, thanks, man. Steve Kim, as always, great show. Uh, appreciate him joining in. Um, so, look, I got to get ready to get out of here. I'm headed to Vegas uh, for a couple of days. I'll be back. I'm going to try to do the show tomorrow morning from Vegas. Um, if not, Fearless Friday will be return on Menace Monday. Zach Smith will join me next Monday for Menace Monday if I'm not back on tomorrow. But I'll try to be on tomorrow live from Vegas. Uh, catch me there. For the East West Shrine practices, I'll be there chilling. And uh, if not, man, as always, appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, Jay Lioka, what up? Oos. Appreciate everybody. Thanks to Braden Fajoko for joining the show in the first hour, Steve Kim in the second. And uh, enjoy the weekend if I don't see you tomorrow. Enjoy the games on Sunday. I'll be back here for the Slapdick Cigar Lounge Sunday for poker with my boys and smoke some tri tip. 
And, uh, hey, I'm going to get my ass on the road, head to Vegas, and then I'll be back. And I'll see you guys either way tomorrow from Vegas or I'll see you Monday right back on this show. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member if you're not one. And make sure you become a part of JB Nation on the Slap Dick Accord uh, Discord, Slap Dick Nation, I mean the Slap Nation and the Coach's Crew. Uh, if you're not a member, go join the Discord today. Uh, appreciate you guys. I will see you tomorrow. Peace.